What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 33. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today. I'm surprised with the Jets shirt. I thought it would be an Islander shirt. I just picked out whatever was on the top of the, uh, the shell. That's why I have like, what, 150 t-shirts, probably literally. You think and so? I, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I like to. I have these drawers under my bed that are full of shirts. You just don't wear them at all. No, I, I just. Like that's what I'm like, saying. It's like the same ten. You got to go over. through the goodwill. You got to go to the goodwill. I do that every so often because I like to kind of purge the belongings that I have. I have, a, you know, I always feel like I have too many things. I don't sure. want a lot of things. Yeah, so yeah. It's I'm like, definitely due for getting rid of some t-shirts because I have so many that I just never wear. You can get rid of half the things in this house. I think we both can. Like well, I just want to well, get rid of that, like, so much business stuff. We totally get rid of. I don't the teleprompter. Think so. like why Nick buy that? Like the you know, there's a lot of like personal items that it's like you really want to move this thing from like place to place as you get older. It's like no, not really. Yeah, but I'm feeling proud of the. Islanders, of course, is a big, uh, you know, I uh, tweet or I think tweeted out or Instagram. I don't know something a picture of me crying as on the plane. I think you did both, yeah. Which was a uh, they've advanced. They advanced. I I I was overcome with emotion. Like I really, I I really was. I was over. I was listening on the radio because I I have the internet on there, but it's not strong enough to stream the games. Yeah, and uh, just over overcome with emotion. I didn't actually see the goal until this morning. It was an amazing goal. John Tavares. Exactly. Overtime goal, right? Yeah. Some kids were both. calling out on the on the, the, the Twitters and whatnot. I didn't mean to open her for Connor Rick Live. Yeah, I was going to put... I mean, it's a beautiful goal. I don't know if you saw, You probably didn't see I it. I did not see it. Uh, Tavares coming in short side on, on Luongo. Goes, you know, uh, low glove side, butterfly save off the pad and then he just takes the puck around and and like Luongo is still literally on the other side of the net and just, and just does a wrap around like an NHL 94. Just put it right <laughs> in the net. And then... That's yeah, it. like and back into the glass, and everyone swarms him or whatever, and That's the crowd's awesome. going crazy. I was so happy, and so proud. And he, I mean, the, the last thing about that game is that he scored fifty three sec with fifty three seconds to go in regulation to tie it. He's like such an amazing, five goals and four assists in that in that series. He's the hashtag Colin was right because when they picked him up, he started saying he was going to be a big deal. Oh my god! I mean, it was uh, he's arguably the greatest player in the NHL, and certainly the MVP of that team. Mm-hmm. The fact that he didn't win that last year, I thought, was a huge insult, but. Because that's not who the best player is necessarily. It's who's the most important player to their team. Sure. And I just feel like obviously he is. You know, he just put that team on their shoulder. Obviously. The thing about the the thing about that series, not that this is a hockey podcast, is that like the the Panthers were a better team like the, almost the entire time. Which is that we got this amazing goaltender for uh, goaltending from Thomas Grice, who's our backup goalie, and uh, he was just absolutely like insane. And now they're using terms like the Grice is right oh, that's and good. Jesus Grice. Oh, good. They're on it. I'm yeah, glad. So. But I did a little thing on the kind of funny Twitter account today. I don't know if you saw where it's Colin and Greg Live is going to be. But did you see it? No. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good one. I'm going to show it to you. Lay it, lay it on me. Uh, just to celebrate in kind of an it, it, maybe incognito, maybe not so incognito way. Oh, I'm sure it was um, not so incognito. Let's see here. Um, did, you put out, did you capitalize L I? Did you put believe in there? No, I didn't. Believe I didn't it? do that. But I, I I thought this was a a, a funny little. Uh, there was no color today, but tomorrow we should return. And everybody freaked out. I was getting. I mean, it's timed almost. Is that is that the end then when they when they won? No, that was that when they won the game five. So gotcha. when they went up three games to two. Everybody go to twitter.com slash kind of funny. That was a pretty good one. I was Watch it there. A little reaction gif. Colin likes gifts. He's good at them. Colin, you had to listen to the game because you're on a flight back from PAX East. Yeah. Apology writes in mm. to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. He gave that glasses. Apology gave me this. This is this not planned. Again, we would never plan this show. And Apology writes, what was your favorite thing about PAX East? XOXO apology. P.S. If I got to meet up with you guys there, I hope it was nice. He wrote it ahead of time. He did meet up with us. He gave us gifts. Mm. My gift was a little kind of funny locket. Nice. With his original profile pic that I hated in, where it's just the mouth guy. Yeah, right. right. Never liked the mouth no. guy. And then the other side was the little kind of funny logo. Mm. What was your favorite part of Paxi's call? I don't know. I didn't really see any games. So, I mean, I. No, I, none of us I, saw but games. I, I thought it was just the kind of the unique nature of, you know, 
a lot of people are, you know, not a lot of people. Some people are kind of wary or mad about the Rooster Teeth collaboration that we're doing. And this this particular show to me showed why it matters and why it's good, and why it's important and why it resonates with our fans. Because, sure. um, you know, they uh, organized uh, a series of signings for us and stage shows at their their booth. And as you know, at, at PAX East. And I just thought it was kind of like a nice synthesis of like all of their brands. And we're not one of their brands per se, but the Let's Play kind of brands. Yeah. Um, it was nice seeing our logo on the floor. So I, and we were selling our merch and apparently our merch sold very well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was I was I mean, that was kind of the takeaway for me was it was kind of cool. I mean, the other takeaway, to be perfectly honest, and I was talking to you guys about this, is that I just don't know how many more of these shows I'm going to actually go to. Like this mm-hmm. really might be the last one for me. Sure. So because it's just I also felt that we're crescendoing in such a way in such a great way. That's such an honor to us as we get, you know, bigger, I guess, um, that I just am not comfortable with it anymore. Like I just I, I I was getting stopped constantly and all that kind of stuff. And I'm totally honored by that. And it's just it's it's kind of, it's not embarrassing. It's just like very anxious, anxious. Anxiety. Yeah, there's a whole game over regular topic. By yeah, anxiety. exactly. So I just so to me, it's you like I interact with so strangers. To me, I hope everyone's soaked it up because I don't think I'm going to any of these anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it would be funny. I was talking to someone about it where I was like, it would be funny if it became because I'm already elusive anyway. A lot of people are like, oh, I never met you, but I met the other three guys. I'm like, that's you know, it's very nice to meet you, obviously. But it would be funny to even ratchet that up now to the point where like you can't see me unless you go to kind of funny live. Like that's literally the only time you're ever going to see me outside mm-hmm. of uh, you know outside of these shows or whatever because it's just it's just too much for me. But I know I think you probably feel the same the opposite way because you you know you enjoy it a little bit more. Than well, I yeah, I mean my favorite thing about PAX is meeting everybody. Thank you all for coming out to the panels to every one of the ones I hosted to the kind of funny podcast to the kind of funny party with uh, Hitman folks to coming to the Rooster Teeth signings to coming to the Rooster Teeth booth for the pop up panels. Uh, what I love and the reason I go, you know, Con always makes fun of it and twists it a bit of like I eat up the limelight. What I eat up is getting to see you guys and meet you guys and talk to you guys and let you know that obviously the best friend stuff isn't bullshit and getting to talk to you about what you've gotten me through as well as what we've gotten you through. So it's always nice to go out and meet you guys and be a part of that. So that's what I loved about that. Yeah, it was fun. Apology again, obviously. It was a cool show. Yeah, we met a lot of great, you know, hundreds of fans that were very, very friendly, very nice people. Um, yeah, I bailed out of the party a little bit early too, but I think I met almost everyone that was in the signing anyway. I got a few you know, people that were like yeah, disappointed yeah. that I'm, you know, but I was like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I, I went up to the balcony to talk to our friend Riley for a little while from Square Enix, and then, and then I kind of got out of there. I ran into our friends of Filthy Casual when I was leaving. They're like, "Why are you leaving already?" And I was like, "Well." I'm calling. It's time for me to go. I can't. I've met. I've hit my quota of meeting people. Yeah. I have to go. I don't feel comfortable. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. But it was. A, it was a fun show. I assume that'll be my last Pax East. But I think that. Um. You know. Obviously, being back in Boston too. Nick was making fun of me. He's like, because I just went to Northeastern three days in a row just to remember. Yeah. And have like some fun times. And I bought a bunch of merch and. Um. Well, he's making fun of you because every time you said it, you said I wanted to go there to remember what it was like to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like everything you say was, is scary. I everything you say fu- scares I th- us. I thought it was a funny kind of thing, but uh, like a very uh, like sardonic kind of. Sure, but then in stand. two weeks you're gonna email and be like, I don't understand why everybody calls me the Grump and da 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 da. It's like, well, you keep saying you're not happy and you don't want to leave your room. We're worried about you. Well, I don't. But <laughs> no, uh, no. but no, I think it was a very you know I've lived I lived in Boston for so long that there's a there's a nostalgic touch to that place even if i didn't go to northeastern just seeing sure. familiar places and especially down by copley and and you know boylston and and mass ave and i don't know it's uh you know down newberry street and stuff so it's it's um being there has like some energy for me i think i felt the same way last year too i think i felt that way more this year though and when i went back to northeastern specifically i was um like on sunday i went back and like really walked around the first time i went i just went to five guys the second time i like went to the merch store and bought things and yeah. i had to convince them that i was really an alumni because i didn't have my alumni card on me well, how'd you convince them well they were like there I was, used to be a burger king here yeah I was, i'm like they were well they were they were friendly they were just these girls they were probably like 20 years older yeah. and they were just like uh oh you're one you went here and i'm like yeah you know class 2007 or whatever and, 
they're like, oh, okay, we can give you a 10% discount, but you just have to tell us like who your commencement speaker was. And I'm like, I don't know. It How was, the hell would you and know I'm like, that? Well, because we had like some famous commencement speakers, but the one thing that I remember about the commencement speaker is that like it was, he was like buttressed on both sides by like flanked by both sides by like very famous people. And then we had this like, it's like Al Gore That's or something. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And then, but then like I had this guy and he was, it was actually like, no offense to him. I don't remember his name. It was like a completely garbage commencement speech. Like I remember, like my, even, stars. I remember Dr. even my, Dr. Seuss said, maybe even my mom who worked there at the time, like and was at the graduation we graduated in boston garden or whatever the bruins play and the celtics play they were she was like that was fucking terrible like everyone my family was like that was awful you know and uh so you're gonna I, do I thought, mediocre things everybody but he was like the guy and i want you to never lose sight of that he was this guy that like did this very noble thing of like one laptop per child apparently it's called it's like going to africa and like impoverished countries and trying to like educate them and give them electronics because sure. that will like help them how many vitas did he give out i don't know i don't vita wasn't out then okay uh but well i'm assuming he's still doing so it. i was just like i don't know it's like they, and then i explained that and i'm like i lived in like all these different places if that's convincing you and like all right that's good enough and I just gave I'm like, all right, good enough but the third time i went i text my mom who again worked there and went there uh, i was just like i don't know if i can ever come back here again like this is like too much mm. like i was like so emotional in a way because it's changed oh, sure. so much it's gotten there it's so much bigger than even when i was there not even 10 years ago it's new buildings and then new dorms and new you know like the only place i was trying to be like where i was gonna put moriarty hall you know because mm. if i do make it mega right rich one down day, by I gotta, the dump gotta put it down by the dump yeah. i want to build a new history building so it's like so it's it, like a humanities building and so moriarty hall is what obviously i would call it is the is the like the painting of you when they come in the portrait painting gonna be you you with a vita and a harpoon yeah in one of your collared shirts that yellow and black plaid yeah. shirt you wear all the time. yeah I something like that, like that. Yeah. something like that but it was good I spent way too much money on I bought like a, oh yeah I bought like because like when I used to shop there and get books I had no money, yeah, no money. I used to drag my mom there and she'd have to get me a fucking my books but like I bought like four t shirts a lacrosse shorts like a nice jacket. Like a banner, like yeah. all sorts of just ridiculous. I'm like, I don't know. Whatever. No, trust me, you see my Mizzou yeah. apparel selection. I only, I only have one shirt, and I had a sweatshirt, but I don't know what happened to it. Okay. It's been a good show. It has been. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, before we get in to PSI Love You Proper, a lot of housekeeping stuff. Uh, if you're listening to this, the Tuesday it comes out, because remember, we post it every Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Wednesday from 1 to 5 p.m. Pacific time is my birthday stream. We'll be playing games over on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games and hanging out with what you. What are you going to play? Uh, interesting question. My original plan alienation was to stick with me. My original plan was to play stories because you can vote on it and people can change out the thing. Oh. Then I played a little bit of alienation today like before missions. It's awesome. No, I'm, I have no, I mean, who, it's who, who could have doubted that? It's the dead nation gameplay mixed with Diablo. It's uh, and that's what I was so like loot. Yes, loot and levels and you run up and they have this and there's a boss over there and you run and kill them and you just go through and you get your chest and you do all this stuff. Shocking. And, yeah. Well, no, shocking what's shocking is, is awesome. the fact that they finally went that way to being a full-blown action RPG. Right. You know what I mean? Because that nation had it where it was like, all right, cool. Now at the you've played through, you fought all these enemies. Now at the end, how are you going to spend your thing in between levels? But I always felt that was like this, you know, jilted system, right? Where I'm yeah, like, yeah, that nation was maybe maybe a little half cocked in that. But way. it was it was a good thing. This feels like it was it's full it was blown. They know what they're doing. Is what it was a great thing. As far as I understand, IGN was severely underrated. As, under, as I understand, I think when they had a twenty point scale and a seven five, pretty much does sum up where it should have been in that time. You I know what I mean disagree. for what it was. That was the one score where like not I, to mention yeah, it was like broken. It didn't job. work when it came up. Um, but no, the fact that yeah, you haven't played. You've played it obviously at events and stuff. Yeah, I just downloaded it on my console now. Yeah. I don't know how much time I'm even gonna have to play it this week because a lot of people have been texting me like what do, or tweeting me. Don't, don't text me. Straight don't, up, don't, don't, text, don't all, text me. All the kids are just straight up texting. Please don't, text, please already. don't text me. He won't go to shows anymore, but we'll but, give you his yeah, cell phone number. Feel free to text Six? me at your convenience. Zero. <laughs> nope. 
I don't know. Close. I, I would have no idea how to. Right. Anyways, uh, you're downloading. You're not gonna have much time to play this week. Yeah, though. I'd like. To, I mean, I'm downloading. Hopefully, maybe I play it a little bit tonight. But yeah, people have been asking me like, "What do you think of it?" And what do you think of it? And I'm like, I just we got the codes late last week. We were already Our in Boston. Soon. I wish I knew I was gonna get the code because the code was supposed to come earlier that week. I would have brought my PS4. I told you to. You but said the no. nature of the TVs actually would have been it would have been difficult because there were like in these little I don't know if yours was, but it was like in this little alcove in the in the there was like nowhere to put, even put the PS4. Mm. You'd have had these like really long cords and shit. You know, like what you would have done ironing board. I had my ironing board underneath my TV. You could have had a PS4 there, no problem. That's a good point. No. Played a bunch of it today, jumped into a giant bomb game for a little bit. That was seamless. It worked. People jumped into my game. I went and turned to private, all this stuff, but I'm digging it. Chose to be the guy who zips around. Why can't I remember? The last character class that's not the healer, not the tank, the other one, saboteur. I'm saboteur, so I'm I'm bending light. Haven't, I haven't put the points into invisibility yet. I'm putting my points into more health, mm. being better with my health. Then Is I got it, the sword attack slash attack. Does it strike you as a game that must be played with others? Not no, not yet, not at all. When you go in, you decide how hard the mission's going to be. Mm-hmm. I've been doing uh, middle of the road, just normal or whatever. And then the last one, I jumped into the hardest one, what, hardcore. I think it's what it's called. I don't. And, uh, you know more about it than I do. Well, I was looking at the trophies, and I it's I'm confused because there is a hardcore mode for sure. But whatever the primary three levels hardest one is, I jumped into, and they were harder. And then some other guy jumped into my game, and we were running through, having an easier time with it. Cool. But I'm four missions in. There's 20 story missions. I'm four missions into the story missions. Does it have? The atmosphere that Dead Nation had, because I think that that was one of the things that Dead Nation actually nailed was like it was really ambient. That game was actually like super ambient, I thought. Yeah. Um, and dark and like, well, I think it surprised. That's the thing is in the way I don't. It, it looks beautiful. There's one part where you put C4 in the very beginning on one of the doors and it blows up and like the smoke effect. I was like, damn, that looks fucking awesome. But I'm on a snow planet running around. Thing, you know what I mean? Like it's not playing with light and shadow the way it was at least right now as it did with Dead Nation, which was a genuinely fucking creepy ass game. Yeah, you know? it, is it? Pre- it's procedural, not in the maps, but in the missions, right? There's some procedural thing in about terms it. of enemies. There's something procedural on it. Like I think the maps are all static, but. Or I can get it vice versa. The missions are, st- or the, I'm sorry, the maps for sure are static. But there's I joined Giant Bomb. It's like Helldivers. I joined Giant Bomb at the end of their mission and I didn't notice anything. And it was a mission I'd already done. I didn't notice a difference mm. in anything. So it's it static seemed, completely. It's I don't know. That's what I'm telling you off of that one. I could have sworn I'm, I'm new, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean, you're saying so procedural in terms of where enemy placements yeah, would like be Yeah, enemy stuff. placement or missions or something like that or side quests or some like optional that, shit. That could be different. Yeah, this is the main mission we were playing was the one where you, like one of the first one. I might have actually been mission one because I was trying to do mission two, but I jumped mm. in on them. Oh, well, I'm, I'm excited to play it. I think that, um, you know, I haven't played. I mean, it's a housemark game. You're obviously going to want to buy and support yeah. them. And Matterfall still coming. So I, I which I like. The thing is, is that, you know, they told me, you know, um, our friend Michael over there told me yeah. like Matterfall's trailer tells you everything you need to know about what the game is, which I think is like so tantalizing. And I think it's going to be a similar Rezo gun type game. Sure. Like a cylindrical. Yeah, because it looks like how you're flying, right? But like you're running or doing something else and things are like coming from the top or whatever. Yeah. I can't fuck. I like they invite. They, I have like an open invitation to go there. I think literally they told me last time I saw them, um, you can use our office as your office for as long as you want. Like come and hang out. Sure. And it would be cool to go there and see what they're working on or whatever because they're yeah. so very talented. Yeah, they're awesome. They're an amazing studio. Um, Alienation's the latest one, I think. I, I like I like a lot about it. When I jumped in and it was ch- picking my class, changing my colors, going out, and now playing, you know, it's it's hitting on all the things. You know, my problem with Helldivers was that it ate my fucking save all the time. Mm-hmm. That fucking sucked. But it's the same idea where, you know, you play. I think, yeah, I mean, it plays better. No offense to Helldivers. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we enjoyed that game quite a bit more fun to play so far i like the weapons better so far i like the uh way i'm upgrading i like the pace i'm upgrading at that was the one thing about hell divers even from the beginning i felt it felt like you were grinding you were grinding to that next step whereas this one i'm you know level four five right now you know jumping through going doing this points are coming pretty easy right now obviously i'll hit that you know curve i'm looking forward to it i i yeah. think that uh 
I, I'll wait till next week to reaffirm the declaration once I've played more of the game or any of the game in the retail settings. We played it quite a bit before yeah. it came out, but um, they I don't understand why the people don't understand what these guys can do yet. Like, it still seems like people don't understand. Something that people still act like they're a secret. Yeah, like, or that they're just not, like, bonafide one of the best developers in the world, because sure. they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they absolutely positively are one of the great developers in the world. Yeah. And um, on a gameplay level, what it, it seems like an alienation seems to nail it again. It's like, what their games do is that they have a loop. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. And, and that's, like, such an important aspect of the game. There seems to be no waste in their games in terms of like what you're going to do. I think Outland's the only difference because Outland is very like it's not linear actually, but it's, there is no upgrading per se. There's like collectibles, but yeah, yeah. but with with Stardust and Resogun and and Dead Nation um, and now with this and all the Stardust I'm talking about, it's it's there's just a loop like they just understand how to keep you hooked. Like these games are truly addictive uh-huh. and, I, and I don't I think that's the secret sauce in their games that people like there's some games where you're like, oh, I just want to get to the next part or you want to get through this to see what you want to see. But there's it seems like in all their games, it's like I like doing it all. Exactly. And I and I, I just don't know that there's a I hope Alienation is the same way. I can't I, I can't imagine it's not going to be the same way. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, Alienation, it definitely has its hook in me already. That was the big thing. You know, what I mean, For, as soon as because we had played it, me, like I always say, Nick and I played it a long, long time ago. Right. And to a point where. Uh, when uh, they came through, was it? It wasn't Michael that came through for uh, GDC this year. Yeah, right. And he he pulled me aside and was like, "Hey, yeah, can you you know watch the demo? Because we're still sad it didn't run the way it should have run when you guys played it originally. Because it was way, I don't, you know, it was way not ready for prime time. But they wanted to show it and where it was going. And I was like, "No, no, I'm like media blackout. I trust you guys. I'm in. And so to jump in and have characters running at me and their levels above them and you're blowing them away and your progress is filling, I was like, "Oh, okay. Like I can totally see where this is going to eat away." hours and hours of my life one problem i looked at that trophy list and i'm like Oosh. their like, trophy lists are pretty hard i mean yeah, like, exactly that's the thing i'm like Dead hey. nations was hard too yeah well, i remember i thought Rezo guns was pretty easy some people thought it was hard but i platinum that game no problem it was it, it, i think it's just a matter of, of dedication stardust uh ultras was really hard but that's not technically a house mark game um it, it like they produced it but they didn't make that game I don't mind a hard trophy list. Dead Nations was fucking hard. Yeah. So f- for this to be hard was is no surprise to sure. me. I but assume you have to use all the classes and level exactly. Them all up and all get them all to level thirty, right, and then go through and do all that stuff. Yeah. So Maybe we'll see what happens. What uh, did you have the pleasure of playing anything else this uh, past week? Well, hold on one second. Sorry. So the I, we were in the thing there, birthday stream on Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I right. was originally thinking I would do stories. Now I'm thinking maybe I do alienation. If you do alienation, people. I'll play with you. With ooh, happy birthday to me. That way I don't have to be in the studio and I can just be in my bedroom and we can be playing a game. And you still feel like you're doing work. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay, we might have to play with like kids and stuff. <sighs> Your zygers and stuff, or we could, it could just be you and me. It's just be me. You, you and gotta me. be in headset then. Why? We can just yell through the. Well, then they can't. We'll, hear we'll you. drill a little hole. We'll in the figure wall. it out. We my closet's right there. We'll get the tin cans. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have tin cans set up. What? <laughs> what? Oh, what? We haven't done the last time we did. You and I did voice chat was uh, this Ghostbusters game. Don't forget, to which is a really weapons. long time ago, like probably yeah. five years ago. Yeah, that was a long time. Um, ago. But I think my Pulse headset does. It that. works. Yeah, well, you don't have works. to have like a connection. Well, I mean, you don't have to have like like where's the microphone on it? Oh, yeah, the Pulse headset has built. It's in. like in the thing. Yeah. Okay. Sony knew what they were doing with that. Shuhei Yoshida designed that himself. So Wednesday, I mean, I that. one to five Pacific time. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We'll be in the birthday stream. Then Friday, a giveaway stream. We do this thing where we give things away if you're in the Twitch chat or a subscriber over on patreon.com slash kind of funny at $21 and above, I do believe. We'll do that from 1230 to 130 on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. However, in the middle of that at 1 p.m., Colin starts his AMA where you can go ask Colin anything over on kindoffunny.com slash AMA. That goes for an hour. You'll be able to post your questions starting a day earlier. And then, of course, Kind of Funny Live is coming up May 28th and 29th. Kindoffunny.com slash tickets. That's all the pimping I have okay. for the links. Because if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this 
is PS I love you XOXO. It is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet and it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time rain or shine. And actually, here's something I want to talk to you about. When is the embargoed for severed? Is it 6 a.m.? It might be 6 a.m. Whatever it is. We're, I'm, done, I'm over it now. We're talking. No, about no, 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 don't, no, no, don't misquote me. I'm sorry. The topic of the show is severed. Okay. We're reviewing severed. We're talking about severed. Okay. I'm going to put it up and I was thinking maybe I put it up with the review embargo for severed. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I think it's I'll like look. six. I think I it's like look. six a.m. So tomorrow, but you'll get one early when this goes live. Surprise for you. Sorry, Miles Alex and our friends at, at Drinkbox. We're talking about the game now. No, they know. It's over now. They know. And they've been cool too because I had, I had worked out a deal with them to talk about it on the games cast, but then we dropped that topic so we never had to work, worry about it. Oh, they made a deal with you, but they wouldn't make a deal with me. Yeah, surprising how that works. People really like Greg Miller. Some bullshit. Training game of the year. South by Southwest. Call us begin the show with what is and forever will be. Roper's report. Time for some singular There are 12 items on the list, but but we never talked about the games we're playing. Don't we do that before the, the Roper's report? Does. We do whenever you want. All right, well, let's do it afterwards. You want to talk about the Axiom Verge? Now, this is a weird one because Porty left the room and then Lola immediately came in the room. Are they the same dog in disguise? <laughs> we'll never know. I hope so. What did you, yeah, you did. You you did brief me with that, but we were in the middle of pimping all the links and stuff. Um, On the way to PAX and on the way to ba- ba- back to PAX, all I played was that their Axiom Verge on Vita. You like it? It's awesome. Yeah. And I, I'm, I was concerned because I, I respect it. I liked it. What I saw visually, I know you liked it. I know Nick liked it. Well, Nick loved it. You you were doing the same thing I was. You're waiting for the Vita version. Well, I played it for like almost 10 hours on PS4, but I, okay. I wanted to, to uh, get the real experience. Yeah, I just was like, there's other things to play. This is not made for the console. It's made for a handle. Exactly. Me. And so my concern was that, you know, for me, like Super Metroid had been such a turnoff to me. You know what I mean? When, I, when we did yeah, it for that the book was club, which was weird. I just didn't like it. I felt like I was wasting time in it and I didn't know where to go. And I was like, eh, this, I'm not enjoying myself. Samus is very big as well in it, which is bothersome to me. Okay, but anyway, sure. That, I don't know. That, I'm sure we'll say that's one of mine just so we well, agree on bit plat- in the three, four by three perspective in 16-bit games, sprites got really big. Yeah. That's just the same thing with Mega Man X. Anyway, go ahead. Loved it. Had a great time okay. with it. It's it's the proper, for me, pacing and difficulty, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Where I didn't Super feel- Metroid is tough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's the thing. I feel like, in a way, it's punishing. You know what I mean? This is what we always talk about when we talk about classic retro games I'm putting in quotes here because I'm not throwing all the 16-bit era and I'm not talking all the 8-bit era. But plenty of times, you'll talk about how we've said it before on the show where you're like, that was the pinnacle. That was the best time for gaming, right? And I'm always like, if that's what gaming was, I don't know if I would have stuck with it because they aged with me into where I wanted them to go. And my f- concern with this is that it was going to be such a throwback that I wouldn't enjoy it. But in fact, I feel like it paced really well. I know what, even though there's all, all those times of like, all right, I've unlocked this new thing. And it's like, where the fuck do I go? It doesn't let me get far enough off track, right? Like there's, you know, the one where I finally got the, on the way back, spoilers, not really, the, uh, like souped up lab coat right where mm-hmm. i can just double tap in any direction and i had been running into walls and seeing that i couldn't like there was like the step up that i needed to get somehow so i was like ran into one wall ran into the wall the other one like all right i have to i have to complete what's ever in this area because I, I was trying to do the thing where ooh, i got a new power i'm gonna double all the way back and try to find it right and use it in every mm-hmm. other situation but when the game wouldn't let me progress past certain parts to get back to older shit i was like oh, okay the real thing I need to do is in this room somewhere, or this area, this map. Yeah, it's. I mean, to me, it's funny you say that because to me, the game is completely old. So like that, that's the, that's one of the things that I that gives me a lot of heart because maybe you do have more of a palette for that than you think. Sure. Um, it just need the games just need to be well made, which is why you should play the Castlevania games and all those kinds. Now, of Now again, I've played Symphony of the Night. I like Symphony of the Night. I'm never talking shit on Symphony of the Night. But even the GBA and DS games, which I think are phenomenal, and and games of that ilk, I think even the I, a lot of people ask like, what's the most recent game? Well, Shadow Complex is a good example. But what's the most recent game 
that really nailed that. And I'm like, I think it's, I think it's, um, uh, that Capcom game, not Shinobi. Why, why is it uh, Strider? Oh yeah. Uh, which I thought was fucking awesome. It was easy, which was a disappointment. Like it's the same problem I had with shovel Knight, but even worse where it was like, this is way too fucking easy. Mm-hmm. Shovel Knight wasn't way too fucking easy. It was just too easy. Um, but like it didn't match the aesthetic and like the design didn't match the difficulty, but it was like it kind of nailed what those games were all about, which is sure. like backtracking and finding power ups and feeling more powerful and like running into things that were more difficult, and more difficult, and more difficult. The thing that really impresses me about Axiom Verge and kind of that reinvigorated my love of the game when I was playing it on V because I played it maybe for five hours. I was messing with other stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute, but um, is this was all done by one person, like all of it. Yeah. And that's like what it's not one of those things where some games are designed or programmed by one person. Whatever, that's not uncommon, especially back in the day, but he did everything. So it's not like I did everything, but we this guy did the music or I did everything, but this guy did the pixel art. Like he did it all. And uh, so Tom Hap. So it's it's a really exceptional kind of game. Story. And I was talking to him and, and uh, you know, and you'll get more Axiom Verge. You know, it's it'll it's, take him another decade. But yeah, like that, it, like but I'm I'm so excited to hear that, you know, the game resonated with people because it really is. It is a masterclass in a way much like Symphony of the Night is. I mean, it's not Symphony of the Night, but much like not even close. Nothing's like even going to touch that game, but I don't imagine. But of the Metroidvania nonlinear. Uh, there's something special about that. That's like maybe like my favorite kind of game. Yeah. When you really comes down to it, you should play the original Metroid and see what you think of it. Like download on your 3ds and see what no, you I think did that a long time ago. Yeah. I was playing it on the train. I remember back and forth. That's I a enjoyed. fucking hard game. Yeah. That game's fucking obtuse. But see like what I'm talking about with old school games that like annoy me, right? Is when you're just, it feels like the enemies are just kicking your fucking teeth in. You know what I mean? And like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And da 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 da. And like for Axiom Verge, there was a couple parts where that started to happen, but then it was that I, I felt like I had the real estate on screen. Maybe this is back to what you're talking about with the character size, the real estate on screen, right? To figure out how to best them. You know what I mean? Like the one for me was spoilers. Not really. It's not, none of this is like crazy, but when you go in and you're kind of having that like fever dream and it starts mm-hmm. wobbling and you're talking to the voice and you don't know what's real or whatever. And they introduce those, uh, flying enemies that are like machines that have the two little guns that track you back and forth or whatever. Like I was, there was a good set like 15, 20 minutes of the same section where I was just trying to get to the end to get to wherever the save point was going to be or whatever going to happen next. And those things were beating the fuck out of me. And I was getting frustrated, frustrated, frustrated until I finally, you know, like kept experimenting, kept figuring out what gun works better. Kept oh, it's finally like you realize that like there's all these little shelves there, like these little two pixel or not pixel, but two block like shelves in the middle of the room that you can use for cover. Right. And then it's like, Oh, if I strafe, is it the game did the right thing of, I ran my head into a wall, but I had already played so much that I already knew the solution would be there. And then it revealed itself to me in the, in the, you know what I mean? So that, and then when you come back outside of the fever dream and those enemies are still there, but the blocks aren't, I know now to, to strafe left and right, get in front of them, stop, shoot up, run back and forth, stuff like that. Yeah. But it's definitely, I mean, it definitely nails design. I think that, you know, there's a lot of collectibles and guns and it's the, it, you know, to your point about Super Metroid, like that is one of the problems with Super Metroid is that the game, the, the 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 sprites are too big. There isn't a lot of room to maneuver. It is a huge problem. It's the same problem with Mega Man Seven. That was a big problem people had in that game. Was there's just not enough room because Mega Man's so much bigger and Samus is, and 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 Super Metroid's so much bigger. And so, like people really look at Super Metroid as like the the masterclass in that kind of game, and it's not. Like I, I just Symphony of the Night is better than every. Th- there would be no Symphony of the Night probably without Super Metroid, but sure. it is better than Super Metroid in every respect, like literally every respect. 
I like um, how if there was no Dead Space 1, there'd be no Dead Space yeah, 2, and exactly. that's the that's superior a, right. Dead Space. Yeah, sure. Um, so there, the one thing I'll say is that there are performance issues on the Vita, and I don't think that you yeah. would, I don't think that people are not are not necessarily going to notice them unless they played the PS4 version, but there are, I mean, it's there stuttering, the loads are longer, and, and there's, I mean, there are issues. With the the deeper I play into it, the more I do have the thing where I like jump, and like the screen will freeze for a second, and like you'd notice that, but like you, you when we got off the plane, I was like, I'm having so much fun with this game. You're like, yeah, but the, the loads, right? And I was like, no, they don't seem bad to me at all. But you're like, no, when I go through a tube on PS4, it's instantaneous. And here it is like black screen for a little bit. And right. It pops in. So, like, I oh. mean, there's those little things you might not notice, but it, it is. Listen, it's a fantastic game. Go buy it on Vita. Go support. Go support Tom Happ and, and our friend Dan Edelman, who did PR and marketing for the game. The one two punch. Um, Tom deserves your support. He's a great man. He's a humble man. We got to see him. You know, he's such a nice guy because when I saw him at PAX East, he's like one of the only people I saw. I like went and sought him out. I, he gave me a hug and, and he was selling t-shirts and I was like, I want to, can I get a shirt? And he's like, he tried to give it to me. I'm like, I, can I just, too. I'm like, can I just buy your shirt? And I bought it from him. And, um, exact same thing happened to me. I'm yeah. like, no, 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 I, no, no, you, you made a good game. Let me buy the goddamn shirt. Yeah. So it's like, he's just a really friendly, like I knew Tom three years ago or so. And maybe more than that, when he was still working on Axiom Verge, when I was like really, like really one of the first people, if not the first person to really like want to write about it and sought it out and talk to him. I think, this might even be before before Dan was even Dan might have still been in Nintendo. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. like I think and Tom was shopping the game around or some, you know, something was happening. And I'm like, this game's great. And I was really impressed by Tom about his humility and his down to earth nature. And he is exactly the same way. This is a man who has made a lot of money now on this game. Yeah. Who is like totally fine and set like and he's the same fucking dude, you know, acts the same, dresses the same, talks the same, treats exactly the same. And he could be one of these guys that has you know his head so far up his ass like some game developers that ma- that make it big and he and 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 his game's better than a lot of those guys games and he's not that way and so i i, I respect that it's worth noting that our friend dan edelman who did you know we also saw a very friendly guy who's working no no he's a total dick no dan, you know like he's dan the edelman. opposite being in yang yeah the, so he used to work at nintendo he's like an indie game evangelist but now he kind of just picks and chooses his games and he was on our gdc stream he re- yeah. represented actually chasm Bird. he's representing chasm as well chasm which we did chasm it's fucking awesome yep. and we're begging them to do a vita port and i really do think that's going to happen so cool um if you want a vita port make sure to let them know let dan and, and the chasm guys know and i think a lot of the a lot of or some of whether it's going to happen or not is how Axiom Verge does on Vita. So definitely send them those numbers. It's like we plan the show sometimes. Nathan Choquette wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ to get his question read in the air just like you can. It says, hi, best friends. I love the Vita and support it the best I can when, it, when games come out that I'm excited for. But I was recently thinking about cross-buy games. I bought Volume, Bastion, and Axiom Verge when they came to PS4 and was excited to learn about the cross-buy nature of the games. However, with the recent talk from you guys, parentheses, especially our boy Colin M, concentra- concerning supporting Vita by purchasing games, I wondered if it hurts Vita when I purchase cross-buy games as soon as they release. In the cases of Volume, Bastion, and Axiom Verge, I'm unable to buy them on Vita since I already bought them with the Vita version release. Am I hurting the Vita by not waiting? Thanks for all you do. Much love, Nathan Showcat. Shout out to Nathan for spelling his last name phonetically, so I nail it. Um, Mr. Showcat. I was going to say, I was very impressed that you knew how to say that. Um, you know I wouldn't know how to do that. To... So this is what we talked about with Shadow or Shovel Knight uh, a week or two ago, which was that the numbers from Yacht Club games with the 1.2 million sold, only 4% of them were Vita games, 10% of them were PS4 games, 1% of them are PS3 games, but they're all cross-buy. And so I think that that's the 
initial way in. In yeah. other words, through the PSN, so you're buying it on PS4, 4 PS4, we can play it on these other consoles. So I'm not sure that you're hurting them. They probably can see trophy pings and numbers exactly. in the back end of who's playing these games. So I think that those numbers are more important. It's where you play the game. This was the big important. thing when volume came out and Biffle was talking about it. Biffle's talked a lot about sales for it. Definitely there's a, you know, you get reinvigorated, you see those numbers. But then he did, I believe, in one of the early tweets, talk about downloads of the Vita version. So it is, it might not be a financial boom, boom they see, but they definitely see how many times it's being downloaded to Vita so they can talk internally and whether you're PlayStation, whether you're an indie dev talking to another indie dev, people do know. So I don't think you have to worry about, I want to play this game on Vita. I'm going to wait. We do it all the time where we get games and we're like, all right, cool. This is my Vita yep. version. Though. I'm not going to care about it. In the end, it all gets tracked right. Did you play anything else other than Axiom Verge? No, I, I, for a second... When I was frustrated at one part of Axiom Verge, just because I was trying to figure out how to get around it, I thought about switching over to Saturday Morning RPG, but I hate running two games at once. Yeah, Saturday Morning RPG is not a game you want to just jump into. Yes, yeah. it's a little more involved. The So I played a few I want to talk about. First of all, on PS4, I played Enter the Gungeon for like five, six, seven I'm hours. I'm telling you, dude, that game is the bomb. Now, it's, it's, it's a good game. Yeah. I am disappointed that there's not a more controllable hook in the game in terms of... You brought up the point of wanting of, to be um, like Rogue Legacy. Exactly, like Rogue yep, Legacy, where it's like there's you. you almost don't care about dying because you have this loot and you can buy things. I had a shitty upgrade. run, but at least I got some gold and I'm making progress right. to getting this unlockable. This is way too for me, it's good, but it's it would be great if it was more if it emphasized upgrading more now if there was about, a curve to it because now the best you can do and i'm sure maybe that's what you're jumping to is that you know you come out with that uh currency i can't remember that the name of, boss that you, boss you then go in and you can buy and make this gun spawn more likely right than not and it's just like well yeah it's no, a can i weird. have that gun going in it's a little weird uh it's a great game. The game, the, the the controls are great. I think it's funny. Like I yeah. think that like the bullets, like that you're like the bullet, the enemies yeah, yeah. Are just bullet. Like it's a funny game. I just think it could be way better. Could have um, been I, I, if they would have taken that Rogue Legacy dynamic and put it on there. I think it would have been fucking phenomenal. But on Vita, uh, I I messed around a little bit with Assassin's Creed Chronicles. Garbage. <laughs> I just want to throw that like <laughs> I played it for literally 10 minutes and I'm like this game sucks. Why does it suck? Tell me it's why. Because I, so, I have it in my thing but I haven't played it. I don't understand why it control like it is so heavy and like cumbersome to play. Why like Assassin's Creed games uh, in 3D are fast and you're nimble you're supposed to be I still think that they don't control well but that's the idea is you're like in this it's like plotting and it's like what the fuck like, I, I, I like sorry I like this game is fucking sucks like I, I can't it just 10 minutes in. I'm like, that's all I, I can't. Nope. Yep. And uh, so that's the end of that. Uh, and then I played flame over, which was free a while ago on V. Yeah. I yeah. I played it before. It's good. It's good. It's hard. And I, I, it's a nice idea. I'd never played a game like that before. The idea in the game is that you are a fireman. You, you're equipped with water and like foam, basically extinguishing things with your extinguisher or with your hose. And you have to go back and like read, like, you know, get more water and get more foam for it or whatever. And you're like rescuing people and more people you rescue, the more your time goes up. It's very arcadey, but it's really fucking hard. Yeah. And that game suffers from the same thing too, where you can only spend the currency you have from the previous game. If you have these upgrade tokens too. So all you leave and it's in pounds because it's a British game. So you like leave with thousands oh of pounds and but you can't spend it. I'm like, I'm like, you're not really forgiving. Like, you're not even like easing me into this at all. That was like my one thing. I'm like, there's a design flaw at the center of this game. But yeah, but it, there's something about it. I played it for a couple hours. I'm like, this is interesting. So um, I played like Risk of Rain for five minutes and I'm me like, too. this is way it's too, too small. small. It's way too small in the Vita. Like, I don't know if it improves later or whatever, but I'm like, I can't. I don't really understand what's happening here. So I have to maybe go and queue it up on PS4 because by, I was talking to Gio Corsi about it. By all accounts, the game's fantastic. Yeah. I just don't know that it was maybe right for Vita. But maybe the game zooms in later. I don't know. But when I was playing, I'm like, I can't see anything. I did the exact same thing. I, the night before we left for PAX East, I was like, I, it's either going to be Risk of Rain or Axiom Verge because we already platinum severed. So it was like, I jumped in, 
did risk a rain first. And I'm like, I don't know, man. And then did a little bit of Axiom. I was like, oh, no. Axiom. Yeah, Axiom. So and then I played Axiom Verge and that was on the way back. I was just listening to the Islanders game. So I didn't play anything. But um, yeah, so good time for games right now. Yeah, a lot of good, good, good smaller games, too. I mean, the bigger games are coming. Homefront's coming soon, which Uncharted. I'm super excited about. Uncharted's coming soon, which is we might get Uncharted like very soon. We might have Uncharted by the, the time the next episode posts, I would say. I don't have my phone with me. Or I do the normal check. Um, I've been checking a lot today. But uh, yeah, I think that, yeah, Homefront and Uncharted are the big ones for me. I can't oh, wait where's Homefront? What's that date? Uh, May 11th, I want to say something. Okay. Like. So okay. Let me look and see if that's even a Tuesday. I could just be making that up. Seven, eight, nine, 10th, maybe May okay. 10th. Okay. I think that's the date. So is that head to head with Uncharted? Maybe. But that's bad uh, news for them. that game's gold and and I thought I would have it already, but I don't. Um, so that's the next one. But I'm right now. I just want to get through Alienation. It's not, that's actually very nice. I don't have anything else. What is your plan with Alienation? You think uh, I want to play it all the way through by myself and see what happens. But so I, are you, are you with one class, are you going to use? Yeah, I think so. And just I'll probably play this as a tank. I like playing as tanks. Sure. Like offense, like the knight I like being a little bit faster. Yeah. Like I like yeah. playing as like the knight with a lot of offense, a lot of defense. Maybe he's a little limited in speed and maybe a little limited in maneuvers, but sure. moves, but Can that's, that's how I almost always play. Wallop. Gotcha. Anyway, that's it. Roper's report. There are 12 items on the list. A baker's dozen. Number one. Oh. What? I still hurt. It hurts. to. It's weird. I have a chest pain too. Move. I wonder if it's empathy or I wonder if I'm actually having I think a it's attack. probably empathy. Dan Reichert somehow hurt both of us. <laughs> Number one, consider this an an unsubstantiated rumor for now. I'm sorry. But well-known industry insider Shinobi602 tweeted out that Horizon Zero Dawn is getting delayed to early 2017. So he has yet to confirm the rumor, so take it with a grain of salt for now. Now, I'm not sure that I believe this. Now, it's not against Shinobi. Shinobi's right about a lot of things. Yeah. And clearly well-connected in the Sony ecosystem. But Shuya Yoshida did tell me at GDC that the game was coming out this year. Yeah. So unless something radically changed, it's possible. I mean, anything can happen. Neil Druckmann lied to my face and then delayed his game. Yeah, Neil Druckmann totally lied to our faces. So it's a matter of, so it's a matter of, I don't know, I don't know where I sit with this. I wouldn't be surprised if either thing was true. And that's why I made that prediction at the beginning of the year. However, over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, FKN Delays writes in, Hey guys, with the recent rumor of Horizon Zero Dawn facing a delay out of 2016, I wanted to ask at what point the levels of delay from Sony stopped being acceptable. Personally, rant incoming. I'm not fucking fine with this shit anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather delayed than broken slash bad. I know, I know. Even though Drive Club was still broken and the order was still bad despite being delayed. Yay! But this has gotten to a point where it's simply just pathetic and nothing else anymore. Can Sony fucking hold one fucking release window they give us this generation without delaying their fucking games for god's sakes you are the market leader this gen how about you use some of that cash to try and avoid these delays preemptively by for instance increasing team size early i know they're still more involved in this but other companies manage to get at least their most important properties out on time it's just sony that seems to have a delay rate a delay rate of almost 100 fucking percent with their retail games this gen aside from MLB, MLB the show props to Sony San Diego and that is fucking unacceptable thanks for taking the time to answer my question FKN Sounds delays like I wrote that um, a lot of F-bombs in there yeah, good for mad. you it means person's honest uh, the study shows that people that curse more are more honest oh okay uh I all right. So uh, this important caveat here. We don't know if this is true. Sure. Sony hasn't said anything, but I do think that my instincts tell me that they would have said something if it wasn't true. I know that they don't like to respond to rumors and speculation, but why not just say the game's coming? Yeah. Um, Chill. Now, Shinobi did tweet out that the game's going to look great on PS4 K, but then said later that that's not what that's, yeah, not, what that's not what that's the not delay what was because that could be. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, there's a whole bunch of like it was just butterfly like the, effect shit. The worst timing, where yeah, every time there's going to be a delay now, the first thing people are going to do is wave this Neo flag. Well, I'm telling you, some of these game root delays will be, be because of that. Do as you well. think if Horizon's delayed, that's the reason? Maybe, but you would assume that they would have Gorilla would have known a long time ago this was happening since their first party. So I, I don't necessarily know that that's true. But I I agree with what he's saying because it is a little out of control now. Like if if this is if this is true, so if this is true, then this is the third year in a row now that, that their they, marquee they, holiday title has been delayed. It's unbelievable. Like I I don't know how you can't ramp up or or lend production you know resources if you're if this is going to happen and this is announced and it's going to come out in February instead of November or something like that then. You know far off out enough, can't you get like some of the other studios or second parties to help with assets or whatever you guys need? I know it's harder than that. Production is production, but it's just they missed with the Order 1886, which was fine because they should have just missed completely and that game should have never come out at all. They're, they missed with Uncharted twice and then they missed with they might miss with Horizon. Let's not also forget that they missed with Infamous Second Son, even though they kind of got away with that. That was supposed to be a launch title on Drive Club. It was supposed to be a launch title that was delayed by a, or a year and then still broken. So there are at least that I can think of five first party actually Four first party, one second party, triple A exclusive game for PS4 that has been delayed outside of its window. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those games were delayed out of the holidays. And this begs the question, what are they going to do this fall? The only the only again, if Horizon's delayed, then is it The Last Guardian? I still think The Last Guardian is coming out this summer. And I, I and, and is it Dead Don't Ride? Well, I don't know about that either. Maybe. Sure, but I mean, if that would be the if that that's the silver lining, right? If the Sony Ben rumor is true, at E3 they come out, Dead Don't Rise the game, yeah, and they put it out in the fall and they delay Horizon, then they got to get the marketing machine going because that's the that's the harder thing of a sell. Whereas I think Gorilla, the makers of Killzone, right? Like, there's something behind that. They're making this giant open world, beautiful game. Like, it is a new IP, but you know that developer so well. Whereas I feel we always talk about it, Sony Bend is not there yet, right? They have been the people who have been doing the Vita game and doing the PSP game, and then oh yeah, remember when they did Siphon Filter? And like, there's a lineage there and a history there, but they're not. On, they're on a. They're on a huge. You know, we love them. You watching this podcast, listening to this podcast, you love them. You understand that Eric Jensen's over there, brick by brick, building the most amazing game. I don't. Ever. I'm not convinced they're doing anything over there. But <laughs> he's just playing solitaire on his computer. But I don't know how easy that is to get everyone excited about that. They would go over there. Scott Rohde and Shuhei would go over there to you know light a fire under their asses if they could find Ben Oregon. But they don't even know that. No they're no. You can't even find the plane. Just there. circles. The plane just circles. Um. But my my instinct. So what my mind's telling me is a one possibility is that Horizon is delayed. Dead Don't Ride was supposed to come out early next year. They realized that Dead Don't Ride maybe is going to be ready first and they just flipped them. Mm. And so maybe now at E3, they're like, Dead Don't Ride is the big marquee title. They say this is coming out. Horizon's delayed um, until February. This game's coming out in November. So don't worry. You're going to get big AAA games. Game's been incubating for years. Um, and, you know, so maybe that's what happened. So, again, this is all speculative, but it would be kind of loath of us not to bring up that that's probably the biggest news of the week. Um, oh, sure. Even though a lot of sites aren't writing about it, it's certainly making the rounds. So, eh, you know, take, take it with a grain of salt. Who the hell knows? They might come out and say, like, no, the game's coming out in October. Chances are they're going to break that news tonight or early tomorrow yeah. morning. Or, yeah, knowing you know, when you're watching it. Number two. This isn't one I have a problem with, but again, this is one people are talking about. So in an interview with Game Informer, it's passed along by NeoGAF user, generic username. Friend of kind of funny Lauren Landing, the mastermind behind the Oddworld games, briefly recalled a conversation he had with other friend of kind of funny Shuhei Yoshida, president of, of Worldwide Studios, in which Landing asked about the PlayStation 5 and what it will look like. And Yoshida answered him, quote, you mean if, end quote. So basically, the, the insinuation behind this is 
there might not be a PlayStation 5. Now with the basically all but confirmed PlayStation 4.5, whatever they're going to call it, the Neo. Neo. Um, this is an interesting piece of news, but I want to reiterate that I don't know that I believe that there's not going to be a PlayStation 5. And I don't know that I don't believe that this isn't Shuei Yoshida being Shuei Yoshida. He's very PR ready. He's very prepared as i've said in the past on on the games cast last week i've broken many people and gotten them to say things they said over and over again i've never gotten him to say anything i don't even bother yeah. anymore i think we have a kind of a more friendly relationship with him now anywhere where i just know that there's just certain things i'm not going to broach with him he's not going to talk about them right um and then this could easily be the if being weren't if there's a playstation 5 not that not i i think the, the people are reading in if there's a playstation 4.5 as in oh my god this is the end they they are planning and these are the incremental changes and i think it's more of the idea of like does the market need another PlayStation 5? We're not. We're, of course, prototyping a PlayStation mm-hmm. 5. Somebody's working on a PlayStation 5 right now, but we're not sitting there pouring efforts into it. Yeah. It, it, what does what the market look like in five years? I also just think that it's it's just when when did this conversation happen? What was the nature of the conversation? Lauren Landing is obviously telling the truth, but I'm what I'm saying is there's a lot here that's missing. And, and having speak, spoken to Shuei Yoshida, you and I more than probably almost anyone in the media side in the industry at this point, I just know how he interviews. And so yeah. I just know that there might be way less here than people think. So I just wanted to throw out there. But again, I don't make the news. I just talk about it. Speaking of throwing something out there, RSM832 wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, Colin, Greg, is the console generation cycle as we know it coming to an end? With Lauren Lanning recently commenting that Shuhei alluded that there may in fact not be a true PS5, I'm now growing more concerned. This has been a fear creeping in my mind since rumors of an Xbox 1.5 slash PS 4.5 slash Neo began to surface. It is seeming more and more likely that consoles could be going the way of the phone with incremental upgrades every couple of years. Is this something we should be prepared for akin to the digital only future thoughts? PS. I love Portillo, but you're kind of funny. I suppose. I mean, is the console generation as we know it coming cycle as we know it coming to an end? Yeah, I yes, a hundred percent. That I think that was the big thing. I don't like it, but I think that's what's happened last last week. Right. You and I were going back and forth about Neo, right? And that was the thing you kept saying is like, it's been this way forever and it's not. And I kept saying, welcome to 2016. And like, this could easily be the, the, not the moment, but you understand like the part where it, we do change drastically. And there's always been incremental changes and things different. And like, there's going to be this, that, and the other and add ons. What You know what I mean? But like, this could be, the big change right now for us and the fact of it, it'd be fascinating and weird. I, I don't, it's going to change the, yes, there's going to be a PlayStation Neo. I think there's going to be an Xbox 1.5. There's going to be these different systems that pop up and do it. And I don't know what that means for the next big number. I think you're always going to have, there's going to have to be names and numbers on them though. Cause otherwise it gets confusing. It'd be awesome if PlayStation made PlayStation, but that gets super confusing when you do start having things that don't run on the old PlayStation. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we, I don't want to get too far into this because we talked about this a lot last exactly. week on PSI Love You. So you can go listen to that. I'm sure you already And have. also, if you'd love to talk more about PlayStation Neo and PlayStation 4.5, go to kindoffunny.com forums slash forums and look at all the questions. Because people thought, I guess, we were going to do a four-hour podcast today where we went through everyone's theories and opinions and everything else. I'm just tired of talking about it already. I am, too. And that's the thing. is like we need, this, we need info. We it, inflation. It, it needs to go, I feel like, the PlayStation 4.5 Neo conversation outside of this or coming at it at a new angle. Because so many people were asking us questions or making statements on things we've already said. And I don't know how many times you can say the same thing different ways. There's even a Gamescast topic about yeah. it. But I feel like this needs to be put on a shelf similar to all the games you refuse to talk about that, okay, until there's something official. Like, we Axiom Verge, we weren't going to talk about it until Axiom Verge came out. It's out, so we're talking about it. Right. Until there's, number nine. Until there's number real nine. news or even just another, even though there's another giant bomb expose or something, that's fine. But I don't want to keep fucking talking about the same story with the same Yeah, facts. I, agree. I agree. I mean, but to, to, to his question, 
Yeah, I think that's clearly going to happen. Neo's real. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I don't understand how anyone can think that this is still a rumor at this point. Um, and it seems like Xbox is going to do the same thing. Is it the end of this? Yes. I will just reiterate that not only is it going to complicate things on the development side, whether it's minor or major, that's obvious. I mean, that's not even really up for debate. The uh, thing that I'm interested in is how console gamers deal with this, because this brings up a systemic and inherent and almost existential question for console gamers, which is, do we need to play console games anymore? Why not just get a steam machine? Like at this point, if console gaming's trump card was was its stationary nature, yeah, might not be the most powerful thing, but it's a predictable thing. And we like that. That's the way we like. So that's to his point. This is going to happen, whether it resonates or whether they're shooting themselves in the leg for no reason is what I'm super interested in seeing. But we don't have any more information until we do. There's really no reason to talk about it. We could speculate all day. But I will say that the the PS I love you last week was a conversation between you and I. We added Tim to the conversation on Gamescast, which I think was a more substantive conversation. Mm-hmm. It's where we were, especially we had me, a bit more. There's a couple more stories. In fact, and I was able to just say, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I was able to think about it a little bit more, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I drew the same conclusions, but um so you can just go listen to that if you want. Sure. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Or you can just download that games cast. Before we put this one to bed and put it on the shelf that we have more news, Vita Guy 23 wrote in kind of funny.com slash PSQ with a question as well. Will Sony go ahead with Neo? Yeah. Do you think they're looking at this at all? With this, is it possible that this because we talked a little no, bit about it. Do it. It's, we talked a little bit about it with Xbox, right? And how they realized they fucked up and dialed back their systems and changed things around. You think this still the train rolls on? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not looking too in depth at what people are saying about it apart from what people are saying to me about it yeah. specifically. I know there's some big gaff threads of people on one side or the other. I don't think Sony. Really, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Sony really cares about any of that. Um, I don't think Sony makes any of its decisions based on Neo gaff or the kind of funny forms or I just don't think they care. Oh, I bet they do. Um, but yeah, right. But uh, Kaz is in there every day. I mean, like, fuck, she calls Shuhei up. He's like, well, Sean Layden, get him on the And phone. they're certainly not making decisions based on what we're saying or what, you know. Otherwise, uh, we'd have a pat upon. Or person X is saying out there. So I, I think that they're going to go ahead with their move because there are obviously financial ramifications and they also have all the information. We don't have any of the information apart from what's been leaked. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think they're going to stop doing it. I still think that it's clearly happening. I think dev kits are going out as far as I understand. And so um, from rumors that I've been reading more kind of recent rumors. So, um yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, the fallout or lack thereof is the more interesting thing about it, and and this is gonna be this can be a, this is gonna be a dynamic moment one way or the other. But I think it could be a substantial moment. Um, basically, either a very I don't think it can be in the middle. I don't think it's just gonna be this thing that happens. I think it's either gonna be like a very forward thinking, like wow, this is actually really a great idea, or this is gonna be a, like what are you thinking kind of mm-hmm. thing that's aborted, you know? Um, because I do say that you know to the point I made before about. Um, resources people that are saying like this is easy to do that's i guess in like reference to harder things to do in game development but it's not something you don't just flip a switch that's like really one of the most ignorant things i've ever heard in my life that's not what you, i don't make games and i know that's not true you know you don't just flip a switch and make the, fr- the frame rate run better on another console this is another console that they have to think about so I, I, that argument's stupid but whether it's easy or whether it's hard it's just something that developers have to think about and that's it's really definitely one, more work and that's just one thing you have to think about um but the other thing you have to think about is and what i'm super interested in is just the, again the marketing uh, yep. aspect of it, and when inevitably a game comes out that runs like complete shit on PS4, you know, like you know it's going to happen, sure, and it's going to be like a big game, and uh, that's something I would be very afraid of. And then the delays that might occur from all those kinds of things and the patching and all, it's just going to be it's it's this could be a problem that can spiral out of control, or this could be a problem that just is worth the effort. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. But I don't have anything else to say about this. I mean, this is kind of a tired thing at this point. Okay. Number three, 
Supergiant Games, the developers behind Bastion and Transistor, have revealed their third game. It's called Pyre, and it's coming to PlayStation 4 as well as PC in 2017. Supergiant describes its game as a party-based RPG, and it made its first public appearance at PAX East this past weekend. On the game's website, Supergiant says, quote, In Pyre, you lead a band of exiles through an ancient competition spread across a vast mystical purgatory, end quote. It will contain a world map, quote, action-packed confrontations, end quote, and much more. We really don't know much more about it, other than the fact that I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah. Um... So we'll see what happens. I still have not played Transistor very much. Bash and I played quite a bit. But people were putting, you know, somebody poked Super Giant about trying to get us over to do the demo station. And Greg, of course, responded. I was like, totally. And I was like, I can't. But they're local. So I just wrote it. Oh, yeah, they are here. Email him, get him up here, even if it's just for the games cast. Yeah. Number four, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, the anticipated sequel to Mirror's Edge, has been delayed, but only by a couple of weeks. Developer Dice revealed the news ahead of the launch of its closed beta, which is the primary reason for the delay. According to Eric Odledal, the game's design director, the delay is due to giving the team, quote, the opportunity and time to address player feedback from the closed beta, end quote. Mirror's Edge Catalyst will now launch on June 7th in North America and June 9th in Europe. So not a bad delay, and I believe that that is the reason for the delay. Hmm. Otherwise, why would you delay the game two weeks? Number five. Atlas is teasing something Persona 5 related, and it's probably the game's release date announcement. The game's official website currently totes a countdown clock that expires on May 5th. Sega and Atlas haven't yet said anything about the countdown clock, what the countdown clock signifies, so we'll have to take it with a grain of salt for now. We'll know that it means, we'll know what it all means in two episodes of PS I Love You XOXO. So not the next one, but the one after that. It's like when you say two sleeps till Christmas. Exactly. Persona 5 is slated for a 2016 release, likely this summer. Hell yeah. Number six, it looks like Drive Club is officially coming to PlayStation VR. That's because the ESRB has rated a product titled Drive Club VR. <gasps> it was rated as E for everyone. This doesn't come as a huge surprise as Drive Club has been playable in VR, but it does verify that it may be released as a standalone product as opposed to some sort of patch or add-on for the original game, though this hasn't yet been verified by Sony. The bigger question as posed by Polygon from which the news was garnered is who made the game? With Evolution being officially closed down by Sony, chances are it was done and wrapped up before Evolution was shuttered, though this hasn't been confirmed by Sony either. You typically don't submit until the game's done, so sure. I, uh, or near being done. So, um, no surprise. Yeah. Number seven, the long-awaited and even lo- longer-rumored Mafia Three finally has a release. I'm excited about this game. Yeah, the we game like Mafia la- too. Yep, the game will launch on PlayStation Four and elsewhere on October seventh. Pre-ordering the game can get you some special perks, and there will also be limited deluxe and collector's editions available for eighty dollars and one hundred and fifty dollars, respectively. Number eight, Ark Survival of the Fittest, the incredible, incredibly popular PC and Xbox One game, is finally coming to PlayStation 4. It will launch on July 19th. The game is what the developer refers to as a multiplayer online survival arena, and they claim it's the first game of its kind on PlayStation 4. Um, game's super fucking popular. It had yeah. its own booth. Yeah, we place. had a, there's a Let's Play up on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games so of Nick and Tim riding a giant beaver and beating the shit out of people in it. This next one is for all the people that told me I was ignoring this game. They're right. We haven't talked much about it. Square Enix's I Am Setsuna, a JRPG inspired heavily by one of Squaresoft's most popular products of all time, Chrono Trigger, is coming to PlayStation 4 as well as PC on July 19th. The game came to Vita in Japan. However, there are apparently no plans for Square Enix Ah. to port the game to Vita in the West. They are apparently listening, and I think you can provide them feedback, but I Uh. wouldn't count on it. Because remember that uh, the Secret of Mana game, whatever the um, Adventures of Mana, Adventures of Mana, the remake of Final Fantasy Adventures, um, which is a Seiken Densetsu game was on Vita in Japan and they did not. Did yeah, not good it. point. Number but 10. Believe, believe in the Vita. Tales of Berseria, the most recent Tales game that's slated for release in August in Japan, will come to the West in early 2017. The game is launching on PS3, PS4, and PC in Japan, but will skip its release on PlayStation 3 in the West. Berseria is the 16th Tales game in the franchise. Woof. Destiny be the best, says this Tales fan. The last one was disappointing to me. I only played it for a few hours. I'm like, nah, Sure, but all. this one's this all about, about making Berseers. Mm-hmm. Berseria. <laughs> Tales of Brasilia. <laughs> That's brilliant. Number 11, PlayStation Network is getting two-factor authentication. 
for obvious security reasons. Sony told GameSpot in a statement that, quote, in order to further safeguard our users and their accounts, we are preparing to offer a two-step verification feature, end quote. There's no word on when this authentication will be activated. However. About time. A long time coming, if you ask me, Colin. I never really thought about it, to be honest. But, you know, I don't think about a lot of things. True, true. And finally, wrap up number 12. Shadow Complex Remastered finally has a release date on PlayStation 4. It will launch on the console on May 3rd and marks the first time Shadow Complex has ever graced a piece of PlayStation hardware. Classic Neo Geo fighting game The Last Blade 2 will come to PS4 and Vita on May 24th. Strategy RPG Grand Kingdom is getting a beta on PlayStation 4, which will begin on May 3rd. The game is still slated to come to both PS4 and Vita in June. JRPG Exist Archive The Other Side comes to PS4 and Vita on October 18th. The King of Fighters 14 will come to PlayStation 4 on August 23rd. Puzzle Platformer In the Shadows has been confirmed for release on PlayStation 4 sometime in 2017. Psychological horror game Never Ending Nightmares comes to PS4 on May 3rd. Stealth action game Aragami. Aragami. And it's not Aragami, it's Aragami. It's the Aragami killer. It's coming to PlayStation 4 this fall. Local multiplayer-centric Push Me, Pull You comes to PlayStation 4 on May 3rd. Fix that. Rhythm-based platformer 140 comes to PS4 and Vita this summer. And finally, side-scrolling brawler Dungeon Punks, which looks really cool, comes to PS4 later this year. Colin. And that's it for the news. I've been waiting for you to push me, pull me for quite some time, but it's so far out. If I wanted to know what was in the mom and grop shops, both digital and brick and mortar, where would I go? The official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, sometimes PSP software by the uh, kind of funny co-founders. Why using the smallest? Why? I mean, like I understand it's from the flight last night. Yeah. Yeah. I just took it with me. But I mean, like sometimes I freak out. Sometimes I got to go. I'm going to go fill it up again because I'm a little thirsty right now. Okay. Your way we fill my cup. You feel yeah, okay. It's just like I understand when you bring back the big bottles. When he brings back the little bottles. But your 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 port is your house where you have cups and glasses. They're clean. I wash them myself before the waterman comes over and touches me places he shouldn't touch me. This is my cry for help against the waterman. I need your help. Everyone watching. But that's what I'm saying. Thank you, sir. Uh, <sighs> all right nothing like some h2o you know you what i'm saying it. you love water all right here are the upcoming games alienation comes to playstation 4 digitally lead your squad elite squad in the fight to save earth from a huge alien invasion in this frantic top-down twin stick shooter with hordes of alien creatures swarming across the planet you'll need to work together with up to three friends to devise tactics and keep each other alive under mounting pressure dead nation meets diablo that's all you need to know 40 i love the name of this one Lay it on me. Don't even read it. Don't even. I'm, gonna, I'm not looking. Arcade Archives Kids Horror Horror Daisakusen <laughs> comes to PS4 digitally. <laughs> I can't laugh in this current <laughs> medical condition. Please. Kids Horror Horror Daisakusen is an action game that was released by Nichibutsu in 1987. <laughs> Kid who has been drawn into the space-time labyrinth from the 23rd century fights to escape from the enemy in order to return to the present day. Players defeat enemies by using items and traps. Now I'm just gonna say that this sounds like. <laughs> Someone making up sh- just Japanese words that don't exist. Do it again. Kids, kids, horror, horror, Daisakusen from Nichibutsu. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Horror, horror, H-O-R-E, H-O-R-E, horror, horror. All right. Battle Worlds Chronos comes to PS4 Digital. Battle Worlds Chronos is a turn-based strategy game that stays true to its hexagonal roots, inspired by classics like Battle Isle. The planet is once again torn by war for the succession of a new emperor. Its destiny is in your hands. Prepare to fight epic battles against tough AI enemies in three huge campaigns with more than 60 hours of gameplay. Okay, I will. 
game I'm strangely excited about, simply titled Brick Breaker, comes to PS4 Digital. It says Brick Breaker, the classic arcade game, is back with a breathtaking new version. Its explosive gameplay, unique and timeless, is filled with surprises. Sharpen your reflexes and precision to overcome the hundred different levels that await you. Collect bonuses, avoid traps, and shoot your way to victory. Brick Breakers are fun. You and I, I love them. You and I love Brick I really breakers. do. Shatter, in case anyone saw their PlayStation 3, uh, still the best one. For some reason, getting released here. No idea why. Don Bradman Cricket comes to PS4 Digital. For Danny O'Dwyer. Cricket, as you've never seen it before. I don't think I've ever seen it ever. <laughs> Features in two... <laughs> Features intuitive controls that allow for line and length deliveries without pitch markers and realistic shot control and batting. Take a 16-year-old aspiring cricketer through the ranks to international glory and career mode. No thanks. But for all of our cricketers out there, especially in Europe, I'm sure you're going to like that. Jetpack Joyride comes to PS4 Digital. Join, really? Join Barry Steak Fries as he breaks into a secret laboratory to commandeer the experimental jetpack from the clutches of science evildoers. I felt like this one came out forever ago, but I must be thinking of the Vita version. The Magic Circle Gold Edition comes to PS4 Digital. You are the protagonist of an unfinished first-person fantasy game trapped in development hell. The designers are godlike, but so indecisive that they've given you no powers whatsoever. With the help of a mysterious disembodied voice, you must seize the tools of the game development from these unworthy gods and uncover the dark comical story as you go. Now, before that I move, sounds fun. Before I go on, I want to make sure that this is before I say it. I want to make sure that this is the game that that I was reading about earlier. Give me just one moment. We're on Kotaku. We're looking for the game. Colin was reading about earlier. Just one moment. Remember, you're watching yep. PS. I love you, XOXO. I think this is the game. Every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Sometimes. Nope, this is not the game. This is not the game. This is not the game. We're, we're fl- waving it off. It sounded like it. So the game I was thinking about is called Like Them. We talked about it last week, I think. Like Them Battle Mage, which is the worst game of the console generation, technically. Technically. According to Mike Fahey. The game runs it like in the teens. Oh, wow. In terms of frame rate. Anyway, so wrong game. Don't uh, Magic Circle Gold Edition. Not that game. But we still don't know anything about it, though. Mega Tag Mention Blaine plus Neptune versus Zombies was supposed to come to Vita digitally, but it's coming out next week or no, two weeks from now instead. What it's again fuck? called Mega Tag Mention Blaine plus Neptune versus Zombies. I, that's another one where they just threw words together. Neo's demo comes to PS4 digitally. A demo for the new system Neo? No, NIOH. This game looks fucking rad. This is the Animusha type game coming from uh, Tecmo Koei. Okay. Ready to die? Experience an early version of the newest brutal action game from Team Ninja and Koei Tecmo Games. In the age of samurai, a lone lone traveler lands on the shores of Japan. He must fight his way through the vicious warriors and supernatural yokai that infest the land in order to find that which he seeks. The game looks fucking rad. I'm interested to see if it's any good. Team Ninja knows what it's doing. They do. The game you like very much, Party Hard, comes to PS4 digitally. In Party Hard, you play as someone who is really tired of the neighbors having loud parties. Instead of calling the police, you decide it's a better idea to stop the party yourself. Party Hard has semi-procedural environments and focus on unique ways of taking people out. In the greatest traditions of sneaking games, your main goal is not to get caught while silently picking off unsuspecting victims one by one. This was an Xbox One game, right? This was a PC game, and then it went to Xbox One, I believe, yeah. But the problem... I'll give you this caveat to my recommendation that I loved Party Hard. There is a Let's Play of Party Hard up on the Kind of Funny uh, YouTube channel there, the Kind of Funny Games one, where I drink a beer and Party Hard while playing Party Hard. However, this was the Steam-released version of the game, and that one had problems with it. Now, granted, I was playing it on a PC, so of course there'd be problems with it, and it wouldn't run, and I wouldn't be able to advance the game, and it would crash and shit like that because of my drivers or my DirectX or whatever the fuck's happening. But I don't know. Just putting that out there. Really fun idea. Really fun to play. Let's see. How much were they selling it for? Um, it doesn't say. Okay. I mean, there's no prices here. Okay. Okay. Rocket Birds 2 Evolution, which I feel like has been development for 18 years, finally comes to PS4 and Vita digital cross-buy. Step into the webbed feet of hard-boiled chicken, the series' undeniably plucky super chicken secret agent, and venture into the game's full story mode campaign. Thanks to the return of the evil penguin despot, Il Pazuki. I love that. 
that the, the penguin despot is like the fucking best character in the game. Hardboiled must hunt down and eliminate him once and for all using jetpacks, new guns, disguises and skills only fit for the bond of super chicken agents. I remember. So the game came to PS3 and then it came to Vita later. And I remember yeah. it being not good. Half baked. Yeah, I did not enjoy that. Uh, it wasn't bad. It just no, was. It, it could have been bad. way it was better. One, it's it funny. was very much one of those games you'd find in that we're in the five, five to six, five range. Yeah, I think I might have reviewed it. I don't really remember. Severed comes to Vita digitally. Take control of one armed warrior named Sasha, wielding a living sword on her journey through a nightmare world in search of her family. Swipe based touch controls will let you solve puzzles, find secrets, and do battle with a host of disturbing monsters. We'll talk about that in a minute. We will. Stranger of Sword City comes to Vita digital and retail. After your plane flies through a strange rift and crashes, you awake under an unfamiliar sky. This is Sword City, a dark fantasy world that combines magic and technology. Explore, level up, make a perfect team, and slay monsters. But choose your allies carefully if you want to find a way home. I played a bit of it on Vita. Not dungeon, or, dungeon role playing game. Right. And it's, but it's super dungeon role playing game where you get into a thing, you cast your attack, and then it's just like all text at the top saying, like, oh, you did 39 points of damage. But I, and I don't like mean, like, Quest. I don't mean cool text, perhaps. I'm not, you know, Dragon Quest well. I Dragon Quest is literally that. just like an enemy's there and you're here and like you see a slash and then it's like, how much damage? I mean, it's yeah, but the sla- even that's the whole thing is like the slash sounds even cooler than this where there's like an animation on screen for a slash, but it doesn't, it, it, the whole thing was just like, like oh, fantasy star. It lacked impact mm-hmm. everything i was doing in the game i felt when i was playing it. the sun and moon comes to ps4 and vita digital cross by the sun and moon is a platformer with a unique mechanic you can dive into the ground momentum is conserved but gravity is reversed letting you fling yourself high into the air or deep beneath the surface deep those trophies leaked surface. before they even the game was even announced i don't know i'm kind of interested in it. i gotta email our friend taylor murphy and and see if i can get some there's some games i want to play this week tales from the borderlands ps4 and ps3 games this week I should say from this week. There gotcha, are games I want to play from this week. Tales from the Borderlands comes to PS4 and PS3 retail. In this award-winning universe created by Gearbox Software, experience the story of Reese and Fiona, unwilling partners on a quest for greatness. The Hyperion suit and the con artist embark on an adventure to recover cash they both think is theirs on the unforgiving world of Pandora. And that is it for the upcoming games. Can't recommend Tales of the Borderlands enough, everybody. I've said it a lot, so I won't do it, but it totally caught me by surprise last year of being like, I don't even care that much about the story in Borderlands. Why would I want to play a Telltale game in a Borderlands universe? And then sat down and played it and had a ball on a bad day. And then everyone kept me laughing. Every one of the episodes. So there you go. Colin. Time for topic of the show. You almost slipped. You almost slipped. I heard it. No, that wasn't that one. I didn't almost slip on. I usually do almost slip. And I think most of the time I honestly slip on it, but I didn't slip this time. Topic of the show severed. We can finally talk about Severed. I fucking <sighs> loved Severed. And I, here's what I want to say. I think pound for pound, it might be my favorite Vita game. And I know that's crazy talk. I know it's not as deep as Persona 4. I didn't, you know, I didn't get attached to the characters the way I did there. But in terms of every time I turned that on, that game on for Severed, I enjoyed it. And I loved what I was doing. And I was excited about what came next. Yeah, it's a... Uh I wouldn't call it my favorite game on Vita. I would call it one of my favorite games on Vita. Sure. I think Guacamelee is a better game. Now, I, I know that you and I disagree on this. No. Well, I think Guacamelee, they're different. I mean, they're totally exactly. different. And that's what I give Drinkbox Studios a lot of credit for. But I also am a little confused about sometimes is why they do different things. Guacamelee 2 was the obvious thing they should have done. And they, and they should. They, guys, I know you listen to the show. Like, we love you very much. You really should make Guacamelee 2. artists. No, don't quit. Be artists by making Guacamelee 2, for God's sake. Um, the, the thing about... Uh, Severed though was that it's really fantastic. It's a fantastic game. Yeah. And um, 
while I'd rather play a side-scrolling Metroidvania type game like Guacamelee as opposed to a first-person DRPG like Shadowgate, for instance, um, or like Strangers of Sword City or whatever, you know, it's a bunch of them. Unvita is actually a pretty ripe, ripe uh, place for these kinds of games. Yeah. Um, but not touch-based like Severed is. Um, the game's atmospheric. The art style is very much like Guacamelee. Um, it's, it has the same thing that Guacamelee left, left me with, which is like, why isn't this longer? Yeah. I beat it in seven. I platinumed it in seven and a half hours. Yeah. Um, my class and I platinumed it with no help. I mean, like I platinumed yeah, before the no game. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it's like seven and a half hours, uh, and I would say an hour and a half or two hours. Of that was actually me figuring out like what the fuck I'm supposed to do at certain and, times. And the, but that's like one of the things I'm talking about with like when I'm talking about the experience. For the record, my clock's at eleven, uh, and I don't know I, if I must have left it running because that seems longer than I feel like I played it. But whatever, eleven was my clock hour. Um, but that's what I'm talking about in the way of like that was an, an organic platinum and I was excited to find it all on my own and do it all on my own. It wasn't, I needed a guide. The one thing I'll say is that, you know, you're playing severed art style is beautiful. You're walking around this dungeon. The way the dungeon and the map play together is I found myself always looking at the map. If that makes sense. Cause I'm, you know, I'm just like, all right, two ups, you know, one left and then up to this, where's that door I haven't gotten to or now I need to go hit this sun thing to make everything into moons. You know what I mean? To get, be able to get where I'm going to the next part. Uh, but it, I, I, I like that it was an obtainable slash easy platinum, right? Right. It wasn't, there was that one fight. You knew exactly what I was talking about when I woke up one morning. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? That's not a boss fight either. No, but it was, you get to these parts and it was, you walk off and you fall to your death. You're like, okay. And you did it like three times. Like I need something else. And then to go play the rest of the game and then get that thing and be like, all right, fuck. Now I got to go back there. I was excited to backtrack. Every time I got one of the new things, I immediately ran backwards, right? I wanted to go use it on all the different places. I wanted to go find all the secret doors I want. And it wasn't even that I, again, was being like, I was being, you know, beat down by the enemies that I really felt like I needed more health or I needed more mana. Right. It was just that I wanted it. I wanted to have that. Cause now I had the ability to go get it. It, it, it had this spark in it made this spark inside me for exploration in a way that even alien nation I'm playing today. Right. And I beat the first thing and it's like, all right, cool. Here's the evac point. I'm like, I'm going to go wander around a bit. And I went and wandered around and found some more chests and stuff. And then I was like, all right, this map's really big. Actually, I'm going to go get the exploration. Whereas this one I wanted, like I was jumping, you know, all over the place going from map to map to map, trying to make sure I had everything every time I got a new toy to play with. Yeah. The, um, I think that the, the, one of the, the key design tenants of this game that I think is, quite nice is it's fair a lot of these games can be really obtuse if you play a lot of old role-playing games especially first-person role-playing games they're really they're really like i don't know how much experience you have with those old games but like i used to play them sometimes when i was a kid yeah and watch other people play them and they were more at home on pc but we had them on nes and snes and like they but we 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 understood these games they're really fucking hard like these games are really like the epitome of obtuse um and this game felt fair to me like when there was a place where there was a puzzle that you didn't understand as a question mark on the map. You knew you had to yeah. go back. Yeah. It shows you where collectibles are on the map. But once you see them, so even if you can't access them at that time, like when you have these certain spells to use, you got like an eyeball spell and like a mouth spell, you'll see like their icons. Yeah. People know what I'm talking about when I, when they play it, you know, you go back to those places. So it's like, it's one of those games like where if you go through the motions, you can probably find everything. There are only a few times where I'm like, Hmm, like, um, there's one part where you have to fight enemies over and over again. And you don't really know why you're doing it. Right. Um, I know exactly. And, and, at the end. Yeah. yeah at the, in like the uh, treasure room. Yeah. And you can eventually access this room. And that's basically not even for any, any collectible. That's basically just to fill in your map. Yeah. And, but even that, right? Like my thought, my thought was I was doing it wrong. What am I doing wrong? But then I noticed, no, they're adding enemies every time. Like something's happening. Yeah. The enemies are getting harder. Yeah. Um, and then there are these like secret rooms too, with, by the way, some amazing music in these secret mm. rooms. Um, this great like piano music. Um, 
I think that the one the one word I would use to describe this game though is melancholy, and I think that that's like one of the cool things about it is that Guacamelee was a dark game about something sad, but it was silly. It was yeah, it was lively and jovial. This game is not funny or silly at no, all, not at all. And and uh, it's dark and it's a and it's fucking serious and dire. Um, and it's just sad. The music's sad. The scenery's sad. The NPCs are sad. Your own character Sasha's sad. Um. And I like that. Like, there's a lot of emotion in this game. I think that was their intent, but I don't know for sure. Um, so let's. The one thing we're not talking about is the touchscreen. Yeah. So the, at all, yeah, of course, which the is play. interesting in the way that you know, I uh, when we talk about the Vita and how I would have made the Vita, I'm always like, I would have done the touchscreens, right? Like, touchscreen gaming for you and me doesn't really do much for us, and we've said that over and over again. But there are those exceptions, and this is an exception for me. And granted, I know you could easily anybody who wants to hang that their hater hat on us, right? Is the fact, well, of course, we have an exception. It's on the Vita now. Da, da, da. There's plenty of games on Vita that use touch that I think suck dick and don't matter at all. This one, I was amazed by how and i've said this since i played it at that first pax right that i'm amazed at how much fun it is to play and use the touch because it's using in a way that's making me think about it more than other games where i'm just swiping back and forth or i just draw a line and it's over this is the i'm using the you know controls to move around the world i'm exploring the world or whatever because i'm still using my buttons for that then i get into a fight and it is like okay cool like i have to manage what's happening on this guy switch over to that guy switch to that guy knock this down now this guy's got a spinning circle around him that i have to smash through and even when i start into where i'm really doing critical damage and i'm slashing over and over and over again the circle turns the half circle now turns right and blocks it other ways mm-hmm. you have to be there's like you learn a strategy for every character and then it's like spinning all the plates at once yeah and i think that the other cool thing about you know is you know i think it's the fusion of touch controls with typical controls you're navigating with the analog sticks which is great so you move and and look around with the and you can only it's it's like uh wolfenstein like you can only look left and right you can't look up and down um but it's uh you and i'm talking about wolfenstein 3d like the old pc game um, where there is no like X axis or yeah. no, there's no, no, there's no Y axis. Um, but to me, it's, it's, uh, the fusion of those controls I think is clever and also the ability to like sever these enemies parts and use them to upgrade your character, which I think is really cool. Like it, it's not very difficult to upgrade your character. A lot of the upgrades I don't think were like super satisfying either, but you were just doing it anyway. And your character was getting demonstrably stronger. Right. Um, but I will say again that my one problem, my one takeaway with the game and an issue is that I just wish it was bigger and and don't really understand why it wasn't bigger. Um, the studio that I was surprised by how many people had worked on the game, actually, when I when I when the uh, the name Crutch scrolled roll. at the end. And uh, I'm not saying that they did the wrong thing or whatever. This game was in development for a long time, but I, I wanted more. I would have liked a 15 hour or 20 hour game, but it is a $15 game. So for seven, eight, ten hours. You're going to get your your money's worth. I, I want to reiterate what we've said many times in the past on this show in the last few weeks. Um, you really need to buy this. You do. And um, agree. Just buy the game. Yeah. And uh, unless it's a game you are absolutely sure you won't like. Now, but, 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 here, I, but, but the I time you, the side to um, the quick rest stop on that conversation is the fact that like when I remember, you know, being such a drink box fan and I mean, being a drink box fan since the first blobs game, when I sat down to play this, and I was like, Oh, it's, t- Oh, it's first person dungeon. Ooh. Like I on paper should not enjoy this game. And I really, really, really love this game. And it's one of those experiences. You know what I mean? Like it is, it, it, I don't know. It struck a chord with me in terms of just everything I want out of a game. And I did not expect it to, I thought it would have some of those things, but in, in the end, I didn't care about the perspective. I, you know what I mean? This is the first game I have played through where I'm like, okay, this is a first person dungeon crawler and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And yeah, I like this. It's, it's a great game. Yeah. And, 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 uh, I certainly think in the top echelon of Vita games, I don't know if it's my favorite Vita game, but I mean, I, cause I love velocity and velocity two X. Yeah. I love, 
uh, Stardust Delta I still think a great game Uncharted Killzone Freedom Wars I mean these are games are probably all better um, but, 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 but I, but I, but I, see, I do like, and even Guacamelee but I do think that maybe top 10 and I think that that's a pretty substantial thing considering I think Vita's uh, library is very strong a top 10 Vita game is a must own Vita game sure when I think about it when I'm saying that it might be in the running for my favorite Vita game I'm, this is always the argument we used to make when we make top 25 lists right like when we want, if we want to sit here and talk about it, I'm sure uh, on paper, I think Guacamelee probably is a better game in terms of what it's doing and the amount of things to do. Da, 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 da. But I'm talking about like uh, from start to finish, I was enthralled with Severed and I e- Uncharted. I wasn't at times. The sniper section sucks. I hate this fucking part. This feels like it's going on a little bit too long. What's you know what I mean? Like in that same thing with all the other games there, I can think of a giant negative. The only negative severed experience is the one where I was at three in the morning and I couldn't sleep. And I'm like, why can't I fucking beat this? What is going on with these that, three that, people? That fight is hard. And, um, that, and what it came down to is I wasn't slashing long enough on my screen. I was doing my, yeah, you have to do the, my small ones, but I needed to be doing even larger critical slashes than what I was doing. And when I figured that out, I beat it like on, you know, third try or whatever, but it was still, ugh. but yeah. like that, that alone, even when I was mad at that one moment, I was like, wow, this isn't like game breaking. It didn't destroy me in a way. I just, th- I do think that the game's strongest suit is not only its gameplay, which I think is good. The upgrades you know, upgrading, which is nice. Um, the exploration, which is great, but I think it's ambience is, is probably its best feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's just a weird, it's a weird game. It's just weird. And I, I think that that's, uh, that's great. Now, I, I hope that Drinkbox does well with this game. Please go support them and show these guys that, you know, they, they didn't make a mistake port, you know, bringing a Vita exclusive. I don't think it's going to be Vita exclusive forever, but sure. Um, I think this game can come to PS4. I think it should and will come to PS4. Um, I think you can use the touchpad and they just have to figure it out. The problem, um, the only thing I can think of with the touchpad, right, would be the fact that the touchpad is so much smaller that when we start talking about, like, I'm doing little scratch you know what i mean like or critical, just you have to put on the sticks or something like the, the game you could, be, you could the, augment right like a, a small slash is just using the pad hold down l2 is a you know extremely yeah you might be able to use the shoulder buttons to be like uh alternate between how like, what kind of like up, you know northwest southwest you know southeast northeast with the buttons like the where you're slashing like in the four, in the four oh directions. i didn't even think of that way i was just trying to I, I think the one problem it has is the fact the pad's so small that it's going to be hard to tell between a giant slash and a small slash yeah which it does ma- does matter when yeah you it does I, I hope they can figure it out because that is the inherent flaw of the game in terms of porting it anywhere else but in phones and i drink is not a phone developer uh-huh. so um and i don't think that game is going to do anything on a phone so you know because it's just so crowded there like i don't think they have the mm-hmm. ca- i don't think they have the cachet to sell copies of games there i mean they have a cachet with the Vita audience they have a cachet with the playstation audience i hope that they're able to figure out how to get it off of vita um in the meantime Support it on Vita and show them that they didn't make a mistake because that's going to take time. I want them to make their money back. And, and 100%. Great, great dudes and, and a great game. They are great dudes. Uh, friends of ours, personal friends of ours. We love them. So I know you guys are listening to this. We appreciate you and, and congratulations on the game. Um, go make Wakamele too, please. Or just make it longer severed. It's fine. Or, or make another keep, severed, but I don't know how you being, would. Severed is definitely a self-contained story, which is keep cool. Keep being artists. What do you want to make, Graham? You want to just release one black pixel that just floats around the screen? I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> Also, shout out while I'm thinking of it to color controllers mm. at PAX East. Uh, the dude who runs it came up, gave us a customized uh, PS. I love you controller and then a uh, kind of funny faceplate. Yeah, which are cool. both very nice. Thank gifts. you for that. Not available for purchase. He's talked about that. They're just gifts to us, but they make other stuff. So check them out. Colin. Yes. Trophy time. Trophy time. Uh, all right. So there's uh, we were talking about alienation. Alienation's trophies are up so we can talk about those 16 bronze, 12 silver, four gold, one platinum. Um. It seems like it's like complete all story locations, complete all individual missions on the different planets. Um, kill 20 or more, Zen- more Xenos with a single minor grenade. Xenos, I think, are the aliens. Yeah, they are. Um, reach level 30 as a bio specialist. Reach level 30 as a saboteur. Reach level 30 as a tank. Um, and then you're gaining access and completing missions. Um, 
so there's the trophies seem to be pretty straightforward. Um, the one that's going to be tough is maybe reaching hero level 100. Um, someone uh, looks like almost has the platinum because the reach hero level, according to PSN profile. So this isn't totally everyone that's playing the game. It's just people that are pinging in these servers. Um, the only trophy that's missing is reach level 30 with tank. Huh. Every other trophy is acquired. So Everybody someone's close. Tank. And that seems to be like a no brainer one, but, um, Oh, and reach level 30 as a bio specialist. So someone reached a level 100 as a saboteur, I guess, because that was the only other trophy that saboteurs are cool. That's why I'm one. Hey, what up? Invisible shooting around. Got a sword. And slash. then there are trophies for completing all story locations as the different. So it's that, so that's cool is that there's extra trophy hooks to not only reach those levels, but you actually have to do all the missions, too. Yeah. Um, so this seems like it's going to be a game that is going to um, not disappoint in terms of giving you things to do. Um, yeah, there's definitely work to be done. You'll have a reason to play it over and over. Again. And gold for I fear everything reach level 30 as any class on hardcore mode, which I guess is not available initially. Oh, see, that was the confusing. So the hard when I was talking earlier, the hardest difficulty of the first three party hearts trophies are up 21 bronze, zero silver, zero gold, zero platinum. What the fuck? Um, fuck you, party hard. Clubber play party hard 100 times, kill a thousand people, use traps 50 times, hide 50 bodies, escape the cops five times, die 100 times. There's a lot. Jockey is a picture of a horse that says kill 50 people by horse. It's awesome to kill people by the horse. Um, complete level with FBI. The trophy's called Cunning. Ninja complete level without found a body. So trophies to get there. The Sun and the Moon has trophies on Vita and PS4. Seven bronze, four silver, one gold. The trophies look, let's see, beat every... Yeah, we talked about this actually last week, I think. This is the trophies with beating every level, basically. Ah, yes. So yeah, we did talk about this last week. Battleborn trophies are live. 38 Ooh. bronze, 10 silver, 2 gold, and 1 platinum. Um, reach command rank 100 and earn the Battleborn title as a silver. Win 30 story missions or versus matches is a goal. So it seems like they are skewing um, some of the trophies towards story missions or single player mode. Although there are trophies like Tour of Duty, win a match on each versus map is a silver. Play at least one match or mission with all 25 Battleborn. So to play all of the characters. I don't hate those. Achieve a gold rating on any story mission is a silver. Um... So it seems like there's a lot of challenges. So it says like complete all Benedict lore challenges, complete all Phoebe lore, lore challenges, complete all Orendi lore challenges. There's a lot of trophies like those. Um, complete the experiment on any difficulty, the archive on any difficulty. So there's a lot of difficulty and challenge related trophies. I would say more than half of them are related to those. All bronzes. Um, over at Exophase, we're not missing any over here. I don't think that I want to talk about anyway. On Exophase, they do have a few other ones. Brick Breakers trophies are a lot. Heal you! It looks like Brick Breaker has 20 bronzes. Um, reach the max speed, complete 20 levels in arcade mode, complete 40 levels, 100 levels in arcade mode, get 300 stars overall in arcade mode. So it's going to be a lot of grinding, I think, in those kinds of games. The Magic Circles trophies are live. It only has 13 trophies. Uh, looks like, let's see. One gold, three silver, and the rest are bronze. Um, seems like this is a game that maybe could use a platinum. Some of these are pretty obtuse. The act of love, this can only be, is the trophy description. Master Scout, embrace the null state. Okay. Quality assurance, hell hath no fury like a tester scorned. Leap of faith, the boundaries of the simulation have no hold on you. I don't like trophies like that. Unless they're story related and you can't miss them. Exactly. And just for shits and giggles, Mega Tagmension Blanc plus Neptune versus Zombies trophies are live. 36 trophies, unclear how they're, how they're broken all up. broken up. You know what? No, I can't even read this. You know what? I can't care. I just can't. All right. That's it for the trophies. Okay. We didn't have any good trophy time questions. Everybody stop asking 
what like our hardest platinum is we've ever gotten we've answered that uh, I'm, I'm refusing to ever answer that question just letting you know we love that we love you also no good dear, dear shuhei we're already starting with the like the like no 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 okay that's have a, have this a episode's one. going along anyway have a good one no i know i'm just letting you know what's up i would like to do a piece of housekeeping at the beginning of reader mail mail a top cocktail uh superfly xxi wrote in to kind of funny.com slash psq just like you can it says this isn't really related to the podcast but more about putting up psi love you xoxo on google play music podcasts section when is it going to happen i see the kind of funny games cast is up there but not psi love you xoxo or the game over greggy show thanks guys well superfly i can tell you that tim submitted all the podcasts for kind of funny at the exact same time and why only the games cast is up right now at the launch of google music podcast we don't know so it's going to happen Hopefully soon, maybe by the time you heard this, but it's up to Google now. It's one of those. It's a Google problem. So Google who to talk to about Google music problems. <sighs> Ryan Jamerson wrote, wrote in. He said, hello, Greg and Colin. Hello. It was great meeting you both at PAX East on Sunday. Hope you guys had a great time as well. Congrats on the Islanders win, Colin. Thank you. My question is about PSV, how PSVR was handled on the expo show floor. For those that were not at PAX, PSVR was there to be shown, but had a very limited availability. You were required to download the PlayStation Experience app. Oh, this guy told me the story. And schedule yourself for one of 14 demo titles through each day. Each demo lasted roughly 30 minutes. These times were filled within seconds of being made available at 9 a.m. every morning. This did not seem to go well. Right now, the PS Experience app, each demo is rated between... Right now on the PS Experience app, each demo is rated between 2 and 2.5 stars. I assume most of these negative reviews are from people upset that they didn't get a chance to try the demo. Not to mention the rumors I was hearing of Pink Eye being spread around through the VR headsets, which Kotaku turned out wasn't Pink Eye. Now... What was it? He had an irritated eye. The kid... Or Destructoid. Sorry. The Destructoid. They ran, they, I ran into them on the floor the next day. And they, he was like, I'm, he's like, you've heard about me on the internet. I'm like, who are you? And I'm the Pink Eye kid. I'm like... You don't have pink eye. He's like, yeah, it turned out not to be pink eye. I'm like, did you correct your story? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. Now to my question. Maybe now, you should go to a doctor before you make a proclamation. Now my it. question to you <laughs> is how should this be improved for future events? It is vitally important for the PS VR to be shown to as many people as possible before it launches. Best Buy show floors, shorter demo times for people to try it out. How to better sanitize the headsets. Would love to hear your That's thoughts. Thanks to. again for a great weekend, Ryan Jamerson. I mean, to, to, that, to that, the minute I really realized what I was doing... Because I play PSVR a lot now. The, you didn't like, think about that. That was like literally the first time. No, I'm not. We, that smart. Oculus came into IGN, and I took my first Oculus demo. It was like uh, I wiped. My, I was. They tried to put on my head. I'm like, I'm gonna wipe this on my shirt. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, oh, blah blah blah. blah. And they have been usually pretty good at what I've seen at sanitizing. Yeah, like they sanitize with alcohol, I think, or whatever. But it's yeah. it's uh, um, some sort of disinfectant. But yeah, so maybe this wasn't the gentleman that was telling me this because some kid came up to me, some guy came up to me at the meet and greet was, and, and him and his friend were telling me how they signed up for it the day before, but then they wipe all the times at 9 a.m. So they like got screwed out of their time. I just don't understand why it's not first come first serve. I mean, that's the way it should be. If you want to play VSVR, then get online and wait. You know, yeah. um, I don't understand the whole I understand you want to like free people up or whatever, but this is like what this semantics of this is like way too complicated. This is this is yeah. more complicated than it's worth. It's going to be. See, I I mean, go we've, said it, we've said it so many times. It's gonna be a marketing problem for them. I right? go. Well, just before we switch things, I actually like the idea of the app. Granted, I know it kind of sucks that, yeah, okay, I try to get in and it's in two seconds gone, but I also hate the idea of you wasting your packs waiting in line for four hours, but whatever. It's, it's tomatoes, tomatoes. However you want to get it is fine, whatever. Um, yeah, how to deal with PlayStation VR and getting it out and getting people's, getting it into people's hands. I was surprised PlayStation was there. 
PlayStation is not usually the PAX company. You know what I mean? They uh, they don't have something. Going I think it's on because there. of VR and because of Uncharted. Exactly. Ra- you know, obviously, you know, Ratchet had a big presence. Yeah, Killstream was there, uh, and even Paragon, which they're treating like their own game. Yeah. No, it was good to see them there. It was good to see them make these steps, and I thought that this is a fine thing. But again, keep in mind, I understand that there, there's never going to be a time at any trade show, at any Best Buy, at ever where everyone who wants to see something gets to see it. So is this a perfect system? No. Is waiting in line for four hours a perfect system? No. But what it does is that you, it, it, nobody, I didn't even know about this because I wasn't paying attention. So the fact that on the PS experience, it, the, the demos have two or 2.5 stars doesn't matter to me. What matters is that my one friend in the group of our friends did get in to see it. He came out and he says Job Simulator is awesome. And then that's what you spread. Like it is that ground. Along with that campaign. fake pink eye. Along with that, the, the fake guy, pink the guy eye. From Destructo Do be careful yet. with that. Oh yeah. No, no one's playing my PS4 headset but me. No, uh, no, you know Kevin's gonna get in there and do stuff too. No, I don't think so. Balls. Kevin's the last person. I'd rather I'd rather a stranger on the street play my PSVR unit than Kevin. <laughs> You're hurting, huh? Oh yeah. It's like when I had my my can- my cancer, yeah, and I had my nose cut open, and I couldn't watch Portlandia because it was making me laugh too hard, and I was ripping open my stitches. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. The hard the thing about the ribs. Good thing we're not talking about tomato abortions this week, or you really would have lost your mind. It would have been the end of it. The good thing about the uh, the bad thing about the ribs is that. They're connected to everything, and you don't realize that when your ribs and your muscles are functioning fine. The rib bone's connected to the hip bone. As far I as know, I but when they're when one of them's out of, I'll tell you what: whether it's laying down in bed, whether it's pooping, whether it's walking, these things are all connected. What it is is, I'm fine, and in and in once I find the status of my body, I'm fine. Sitting, this is fine. So your ribs? Great. Did you? You might have broken your rib. Yeah, I looked it you up maybe online. Go to the doctor? No, no, I looked it up online, and if it's broken or it's bruised, it's the same thing. You can't put them in a cast. Don't wrap them up, or your lungs could fill with fluid. So you just got to let them heal naturally anyway. I'm not nice. wasting my, I'm not wasting my copay going in there to find out that, Hey, just fucking take it easy. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. You're if like, it, you're like, you're not going to take it easy. This was the rare example of you not taking it easy. You if, should just take it easy from going forward. Greg. If it gets hurt, if it gets worse, they that's when you have to go to the doctor. If, if the, but the, it's already getting, a I'll remind bad. you that Ty root broke his ribs right in front of me in 2008 when he fell out of a tree. Oh, right. Yeah. The beta breakers. Yep. And, yeah. uh, which was an excruciating pain and it took him like a week to go to the doctor and he found out he was all fucked up but i don't know yeah you're right to that point but see the thing is like again it's like i can breathe in and out fine but it's like when i when i'm like when i you know try to go crazy and yell or if i'm gonna laugh or if i'm gonna poop or whatever you know what i mean like yeah yesterday oh, this, how it hurts to poop because i love pooping it's like i know it was very it was very I, well you know how i how much i blow my nose and i can't do that even well it's like i can do it all but you have to like psych yourself up because like last night, so if you're not, if none of this makes sense to you, by the way, sorry, we did Paximania as we always do at PAX, uh, or at PAX East, we always do Paximania, PAX Rumble at PAX Prime, and at the end of Paximania, Dan, or a whole bunch of people dropped elbows on me, and I'm pretty sure Dirty Dan Reichert landed right on me and fucked up my ribs, and like I laid there and went fetal position right after his elbow, so I'm pretty sure that, uh, so I've been in a world of hurt for a while. That I totally did to myself, and I don't regret, and I don't blame anybody. It's it's on me. But uh, last night you we sued Dan Riker. I probably will. Well, I, d- I have some cool things planned now for Prime, built around this. But uh, when I got home last night, went to the bathroom. No poop. I didn't know this, but this is a morning d- development. And then laid down in bed, put on the West Wing. I'm like, I'll watch one West Wing, see what's happening with the Bartlett administration. Then I'll nod off. And I finished. It. I'm like, good. I'm gonna go to bed. And I turned. I turned off the PlayStation. Turned off the TV. And I rolled over to plug in my phone. I'm like, nope, no, that's not. I just put the phone in the thing. And then I was like, fuck. How am I gonna sleep? Because I sleep on my stomach. You know, head mm-hmm. turned or whatever. And I tried to roll. It and it's like, I'm like, nope. I just, lay, I just slept. I didn't move. It was like, I, it was it's like so I funny, fell man. from the air and landed in the bed. It reminds me when I broke my collarbone. Like you don't realize like how much you use it until you, yeah. until you can't move. Yeah. And uh, without being, I remember I couldn't even get in and out of cars. 
when I broke my collarbone for like a month. Yeah. It was like awful. Yeah. Not, but I was like, but the whole thing Oof, is with so this bad. is just psyching yourself up. You know what I mean? Like today when it was like, oh, I got to get out of bed. It was just like the, you do like, you're trying to do it slowly. No, you got to do it like that. It's like scream and sit up and turn and you're fine. You're out of bed. Yeah. That brings me back, man. I remember, I remember being so much pain when that happened that like I almost, I thought I was going to pass out. And, it's not I, that, and, and that's how I know it's not broken. I can breathe in. I can breathe deep. I'm not like, I remember my dad, they gave me codeine when it happened and my dad immediately took it away from me. Like, you don't need this. I'm like, thanks, Dad. Thanks for Fucking dying over here. Uh, vote of confidence in your son. Colin. Yeah. Emperor Wu wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hey, guys, what are your favorite games to play dress up in? One of the reasons why I love the Soul slash Bloodborne games is that there are always dozens of clothing. That's what he writes. You can pick and choose pieces from to make your perfect outfit. And I think that having that kind of customization is severely underrated in video games. I feel... What jumps to you? You don't care. Right? I don't like that stuff. Why don't you just whatever it is? You just default character out and go. Yeah, I mean it's just like, you tell me. It's your game. <laughs> I love doing it. And like so, what I what I think of recently was division. Division at the, pretty much at the end of every night when we'd be winding down or whatever, I'd go into the shop, buy some new stuff, see what I collected, and switch out a new outfit and change it up. And I don't know. I don't. Once I usually pick a character's outfit, it's what it's set as. But I guess like. That's a bit of a cop out because usually you pick them up for like Mass Effect. You know what I mean? Like I picked what Commander Shepard's like chill clothes were and this, that and the other and fuck with it after that or whatever. Yeah, I just I just don't like customization like that. I don't like character creators. The big like Shepard is is the guy Shepard you think of for me. Like that's that's my Shepard is the the, the guy with the no, head mine's the, and mine's the scar. female who then they just made to look like the, their female, which is weird because everybody ended up with that redhead female before she was even the real femme Shep. But now she's the real femme Shep. So great. However, underrated game that are in terms of customization was always hot shot on PS hot shots golf on PSP. So amazing. I remember railing on tennis for it. And then the PlayStation three version of hot shots golf for taking that out. And even hot shots Vita was the same deal because like hot shots PSP world tours, right? Yeah. Hot shot. No open T open T one and two. You could go through and you could just get all these different pieces and make your own character. That was awesome. in a hula skirt and you know, had the crazy glasses and the, the coconut bra and like you did all this crazy cool shit with it. And it was like, that was fun. And that was why it mattered to unlock stuff. And when hot shots PS three showed up for golf, it was just like, Oh, like, I can change the color of these outfits. This is not nearly as cool. So yeah. I really hope with the PlayStation 4 one that I'm looking forward to when it finally comes out. They yeah, I forgot that, that that's even coming. Yeah, 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 it is apparently coming. Clap hands all over it. Come on with Gravity Rush 2. Yeah, I believe that when I see it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Speaking of believing it when I see it, Glitchy Toast wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hey guys, a while back Twitch announced that they were going to create native apps for the PlayStation Vita. The PlayStation app is obvious. The PlayStation 4 app is obviously out, but there's been no word on the progress of the Vita version. Do you think this app will ever make it out of production or should I give up my dreams of watching Twitch, Twitch streams on my Vita? Probably abandon all of your hope. Glitchy toast. Do you have news on that specifically or just no, no, I'm just telling him straight up. That's how it goes. Remember your PSP GPS. Remember the Vita YouTube app that's now shuttered and you can't even use. Don't worry about it. It's over. It's just you're not getting any apps like that to your Vita. You got to give up glitchy toast. I'm sorry. I know this is hard to hear, but here on Vita Island, we have no room for the bullshit. We got rid of Nier. We got rid of YouTube. We said, we don't want them. Just keep bringing us games. I don't care how old these ports are. Give me the oldest ports you can <laughs> give find. Give me the oldest port. Well, get me Tales from port, Monkey Island. I want to port a Zork. Whatever the fuck that game is called. <laughs> from 1978. Oh, God. It hurts so bad. Ah. Colin? Yeah. I'm looking for the final question of the show. I'm going to let you pick. Business of the video games industry, 
Uncharted 4 spoilers. Storytelling in video games. Business. Sick of talking about Uncharted. MWM5461 says, hello, Colin and Greg. Hello. Many times in your shows, you guys discuss tips and advice you have for individuals who want to do content creation and similar work to what you do. My question is regarding a topic I feel somewhat neglected. What are tips and advice you have in studying and getting into the business of the video games industry? Mm. I'm not talking about developing video games, the technical aspects of video game creation, but the actual business of the industry. Colin often notes that... he thoroughly enjoys the studying the business aspects of the industry. Do you have any resources you can recommend to study the business of video games and an avenue in entering the business side of the industry? As a CPA in accounting, I love studying the numbers and various aspects of successful businesses, and I hope one day to play a role in the video game creation from a business perspective. Thank you all so much for what you do. I really enjoy the content and wish you the best as you grow. Kind of funny. So he's talking about resources like not college but resources as in like sites and stuff like that that's what it strikes me as in terms of like what where he could go to learn about being on the business side of the video game industry because yeah he had as a cpa in accounting so he's already he's already already there so i think it's yeah he wants to know how what to do there i mean there are websites so like games industry and gamma sutra and stuff like there are you know game politics there are game sites that are like way off the radar that you probably don't read or ever heard of that deal more in the business and creation side of games as opposed so like they're more for developers or publishers than they are for the consumer or the enthusiast yeah so i think that you just start there i also think that a lot of forums kind of get into these things and um a lot of people talk about vg charts let's remember vg charts numbers are totally fucking made up um what you really need to do is like go to like more you know analysis driven stuff uh neogaf kind of gathers those around sometimes people like michael pactor often talk and edar and a lot of these organizations deal more with the business aspects and the ramifications the, the difficult thing is that a lot of the publishers and first parties just don't talk about numbers so a lot of it is hypothetical and that's yeah. why vg charts is in the very least interesting you just can't teach it as treat it as scientific evidence they're basically they basically i think use algorithms if you're talking uh, he's talking a little bit about working on that side i mean i don't i don't think it's beyond the realm of reason to reach out to people who are at not not, not hound them obviously but to talk to an hr department at a naughty dog or whatever and how do i get on that side because I know at IGN we saw it a couple times where IGN fans who didn't want to be IGN editorial or whatever would go into other departments of IGN and it was a it was a a, a, a resource for them. It, it made them stand out from the pack that they actually understood what they what the site was and who they were. I assume it would be the same on a development side, a video game creation side. If you went to Blizzard or Harmonics or whatever, and were like, "I'd love to be on your business accounting team," and I totally get what you do and how it happens. Yeah, I think so. So I think those are some resources you can preliminarily go to and and check out. And I want to be clear with VG charts. I don't mind that they exist. Um, If people use them as a resource, I just want to make sure that people People understand what what I know off the record what a lot of games are not a lot, but like games have sold and their numbers are totally wrong on on a lot of those games. So it's it's like you just have to take it with a grain of salt. You know, it's it's there is like maybe a round kind of ballpark figure, but not often right. So just keep that in mind because people throw those numbers around all the time and I'm like guys like that's these not, numbers that's have not never gospel been, these guys numbers have never been announced there's no way they can possibly know this is true Colin would you like to find out who you love this week <sighs> I get if I have to yes yeah. I love this best friend XOXO is a segment here on PlayStation I love you XOXO where we give you a best friend a fellow best friend who has a PSN name that needs friends needs loving messages this one is Delarius T who says hey guys New listener, new to the PlayStation family. I recently switched over from Xbox One to the PlayStation 4. It was one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life as a gamer. 
However, the majority of my friends have moved on to other ventures in their lives. <laughs> Damn. Both on a personal level and a gaming level. I only have a few people that I game with now. After I got introduced to Kind of Funny, I discovered this wonderful method of acquiring new PSN friends. I like to play Bro Force, Rocket League, and in the near future, No Man's Sky. My PSN name is Delarius. Or Delarius. It's like Hilarious, but with a D-Y in front of it. So I'm sure he's like Dylan. So it's like D- D-Y-L-A-R-I-O-U. No, there's D-Y-L-I-R. I O U S T. Wait, but it hilarious. Is isn't it hilarious? H Y L or H. I'm saying what I think. I mean, am I getting it wrong? What, this is also a bad PSN matter. name. Just, just, just read you know what I'm saying. It doesn't D Y I know L I R I O U S T. To everyone, it kind of funny. Thank you for your hard work in creating countless hours of fantastic entertainment. Possibly delirious T. If that's not how you pronounce your name, spoiler alert: you have a fucking terrible name. Oh. Just a spoiler alert. If somebody like a moron like Greg Miller can't read it, that's a problem. I'm going to jump into the worst name of the week because I feel like we've teased it enough now. This one comes from Kevin Perez. Of course, PSN's worst name of the week is a name that you have, that you have, that you regret and wish Shuhei Yoshida would let you change. This is a long one, Colin. Pack a lunch. You ready? Yeah. Kevin says, Oh, how this forum reminds me of the dark times in my past. I remember when I attempted to create a unique PSN name. It did not go well for me at all. I spent hours contemplating what it should be. Should it be something funny or something clever or perhaps something that just sounded cool? After hours of standing in front of the screen, attempting names that have already been taken, my mind went to a time my brother owned a 360 and found himself in the same situation. My brother had decided to make his live live name and came up with Am I assassin parentheses MIA parentheses Miami and parentheses assassin. It's a combination of Miami, and, Miami and assassin. So it's am I then assassin, mm-hmm. a assassin, you know what I mean? Now my brother always complained about the name, but I never paid attention to why I quickly learned the reason in my time. I mean, I took this idea and used it for my PSN name. It was a mistake. I play a lot of military sh- shooters, so I chat a lot. The internet can be very cruel. My first game in, somebody attempted to say my PSN name, and they said verbatim, Hey, my ass. Wow, that's terrible. <laughs> I did not think anything of it, but then they kept coming. It seemed I made a mistake in assuming that people would know that my uh, that I'm the Miami assassin. I spent years with that name, taking the abuse of people, of people calling me my ass, until I could not take it anymore. I left behind the account with the PS3 and took over a new name of Psycho Sicko, which is the username I use now for most stuff, which is also bad. Yeah, it's also with terrible. With the PS4. But I would love to have my old account that I used for so long back. Shuhei, please let me change my name. Sincerely, Kevin Perez, a.k.a. Psycho Sicko, a.k.a. My Ass. <laughs> Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Thank you for letting us bask in your... Bad names and your misery. You and Delarious T on a little boat leaving Vita Island. Uh, time for this week's forgotten PlayStation game. It's my turn to go, but instead, Schiffer showed up on kindoffunny.com/psq and left this one for you. Hey guys, I'd like to submit Skull Monkeys, the PlayStation One exclusive for the PlayStation Forgotten game. When I was young, I discovered this game at a video game daycare. You put that in quotes at a video game game daycare. I don't even want to know what that It means. was engrossed by the dark tone, clay art style, and bizarre world, but never played it again. It wasn't until 15 years later that I found it and how weirdly awesome that game is. Thanks, Daniel. I don't... What, what the fuck is a video game daycare? That sounds like... Don't even answer the question. I don't want to know. Your mom just drops you off at some weird weirdo's house and they have video games and you just do that for eight hours and they smoke joints in the side. Sure. Talk about danky Arnum Nugs. Danky Arnum Nugs. 
you grind out trophies for them. We should open a video you game. You grind Dinko. out trophies and you grind up the dank Yarnum nugs. Is that what you do? And then you use I wouldn't know. Do you put them in the suicide hall? I don't know. I don't know anything else about it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO episode 33. Remember, we love you very much. Thank you so much for watching this. We post the show every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time covering all the PlayStation news you need to know about. Please go over to kindoffunny.com. Subscribe to all the YouTube channels. There's only two of them. I don't, I don't say all of them. Just go there. Watch the videos. Listen to the other podcasts. Enjoy the content. Watch Colin and Greg live. Come to my birthday stream on Wednesday if it's not too late already. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games where we'll be playing something on PlayStation from 1 to 5. There'll be the giveaway stream Friday 1230 to 130. And of course Colin's AMA is at kindoffunny.com slash AMA Friday 1 to 2. Wouldn't you like to ask questions about Colin to Colin? He said he wouldn't on this show talk about the Neo anymore. I'm going to take this. Can you bring it in every week, though, to put it here? I just need a new controller. That's fine. Yeah. Did yeah, you, yeah. Didn't you kidnap one of mine? Yeah, sure did. Can I get that back now? I think I might have broken that one, too. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shuhei. This is where one of you insanely talented people go to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. The MS for music and submit your song. Remember, I need an MP3 to download so I can put it at the end of our MP3 and a YouTube link to annotate to at the end of our YouTube. I didn't realize the face buttons were different. Yeah. XOXO. That's smart. I never, that's this. I'm telling you, man. Color controllers knows what's up. That's pretty cool. What up, color controllers? That's pretty cool. I was looking at it. I'm like, what? Something's wrong. Where's the square and the triangle button? This one comes from Icelando from the band The Organ Beats. Hey, Colin and Greg. Long time, first time. Stoked to be writing into you guys. First, I just wanted to say thank you for all you do. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed your content over the years, and I look forward to much more. My band, The Organ Beats, just released a new EP and music video today, and I really wanted to share it with you guys. We are a Boston-based power pop quartet with heavy 80s rock influences. My little sister and I started out with our first record back in 2009 and have produced various releases since. She is the lead singer slash guitar player, and I am the drummer. Prior to this, she, Noelle, was in a band called Damone. I said, what do you think? Damone, I would say, yeah who actually had some commercial success relative to movies and video games. Their songs were featured in games like Tony Hawk, PS2, Madden 07, and Rock Band. Recently, she even performed on Amplitude as one of the main female vocalists featured in the game. I traveled the world with the band as tour manager, and needless to say, it was an amazing experience at the time. Since then, we have kept ourselves busy musically and creatively. I'm really fortunate to have such a working relationship like this with my sister, as we've been able to create a lot of content that I'm proud of. Our EP's title track, quote, Only Human, is a sonic nod to the Foo Fighters, and the video was inspired by Kung Fury. This was our first experience shooting a video done 100% on green screen. Also, my first experience being turned into a human centaurpede. Centaurpede. He's a centaur and then the peep, like, like centipede. Like All it. right, I hope you guys dig it. Yours truly, Icelando from the Oregon Beats Music.com. I did dig it. Here it is, everybody. Only human from the Oregon Beats. Until next time, it's been our pleasure, sir. Peace.